This is Free Talk Live. It is the live Christmas Day edition of the program. We are here in the studio with you. It's Ian here. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, so do enjoy those. freetalklive.com. Uh, everything there on the house. 800-259-9231 is the toll-free packet 8 line for you. And everything is operating as normal. It is just as though it is another day here on Free Talk Live. So don't hesitate to take control of the airwaves and share with us whatever's on your mind. Maybe it's some sort of a Christmas Day story. Maybe, I don't know how often this happens on Christmas Day, but sometimes when families get together, you're essentially getting together with, it's a group of strangers. I mean, let's be honest, okay? Family is a group of strangers that you're born into. Some of them are great. And you get to know them, so they're no longer strangers. And you get to know them, but that doesn't mean... What I'm pointing out here is that people seem to have this affinity for family that doesn't make any logical sense. Mm -hmm. For instance, you're born into this group of strangers. There's a chance that some of these people are pretty good people. There's also a chance, on the other hand, that some of them are lousy scumbags. And it seems that people seem to give their family members who are lousy scumbags a pass more often than they would give anybody else who is a lousy scumbag a pass. And the, the family members who are scum, low, slum, low, scummy people sort of just get away with more crap simply because, well, he's family. And I just kind of find that all sort of silly. So did you get together with some scummy family members today, and was there a fight that broke out or anything like that? This, this happens at some gatherings. You, you do want to hear the, the, the dirt, don't you? I haven't heard a good fight story yet this holiday season. I mean, there was, I guess there was one during the, uh, the Thanksgiving, the day after Thanksgiving Black Friday sale, but anyway... So tell us about your day or whatever's on your mind, 800-259-9231. You and I, Mark, have had a heck of a day. Yeah, we've, we've been working all day. We've done double duty. Um, in fact, uh, Gardner Goldsmith, our friend, and uh, he appears on the show from time to time, took his uh, took a day off from doing his local radio show here in New Hampshire, so we filled in for him. So we're actually now doing our fourth hour of radio today. Yeah, this is the fourth hour. That's, yeah. that's right. And, uh, you know, about an hour's worth of show prep goes into... Uh, each show. Well, believe it or not, we're not going to uh, to repeat any content. No, that there. would be silly because then you wouldn't know what you said previously. It would be very difficult. So I've got so much to talk about here tonight. Uh, it's hard to even decide where to start. I guess in celebration of uh, of Christmas, we're going to be talking about atheism. Oh, I figured last year. I think was it last year we talked about the pagan roots of Christmas. I didn't really want to cover that ground again. And in fact, I think we touched on it earlier in this year. How a lot of the symbols of Christmas. Uh, like the Christmas tree, in fact, the Christmas holiday, the time of year that it happens at, mm-hmm. all these things actually borrowed from paganism. Very interesting, and you can do your own research on that online. But let's start with uh, how Texas is ringing in the new year. I know, it's not quite New Year's, but get ready, Texas residents, because if you're a smoker, you're going to be paying significantly more for cigarettes starting January 1st, when the excise tax increases Three hundred and forty three percent per pack in a move that health experts hope will discourage folks, especially teens, from lighting up the state tax increase going from forty one cents per pack Mm -hmm. to a dollar forty one per pack. Wow. Now, when you say it's a dollar increase, it doesn't sound as big as three hundred and forty three percent increase, but it's still a big increase. I mean, a dollar going up from forty one cents to a dollar forty one. I mean that's tr- that's tremendous. It's a it's a big increase, and you know when you think about how many packs of uh, cigarettes uh, the average smoker smokes in a year, that's a lot of dollars. 
Exactly. And we were actually, all those people that smoke. Actually, this afternoon when we were on Gardner's show, we were talking about smokers and how much they smoke and how much it costs them because we were talking about poor people. Well, now we're going to make poor people even more poor because they're not going to stop smoking. They're going to just pay through the, uh, through the nose for their cigarettes now. Yeah. Unfortunately, addictions that way, it's, it's unlikely that those people are going to, uh, you know, be quitting because of the price of cigarettes. Of course, they could always order them online or maybe stop by uh, nearby Arkansas, Louisiana, where uh, taxes there are only going to be 59 cents and 36 cents per pack, respectively. Mm. So if you're, uh, you're going to bulk up and, and, st- and stock up on cigarettes, it might just be worth the drive. Or if, you um, near the if you've got a relative... Uh, you know, that lives in one of those states, you can just have them send them to you. Some smokers say legislators, oh, by the way, these tax increase will help pay for school property tax cuts, say they. Some smokers say legislators went too far, while the convenience store industry worries the steep price increase will lead to more black market sales and cut into legitimate sales of tobacco products. But others argue that health issues should trump all else. The American Cancer Society Texas chapter says, quote, the cigarette tax, more than anything, will have the most significant impact in stopping kids from ever starting smoking because they're so price sensitive. Really? So raising the price of cigarettes, is they're doing it for the kids because kids are going to stop buying cigarettes. Sure. The they're... same kids who can afford marijuana and cocaine and other uh, hard drugs if, are going to stop buying cigarettes? If that's so, um, is the money going to youth organizations? Uh, the money is going to allegedly help pay for school property tax cuts, which I find hard to believe. Yeah, me too. The Texas tax increase will push the price of a single pack of cigarettes to around $4.50. So it was around $3.50. An estimated 143,000 Texas adults will quit smoking, and a projected 284,000 teens will never start smoking as a result of the tax increase, according to the uh, American Cancer Society guy. About 3.3 million Texans currently smoke based on a 20% adult smoking rate in the state. Uh, I don't know where they get their numbers from. Maybe they've taken polls and people claim that they stop smoking because the price goes up. I find it hard to believe it's a pretty heavy-duty addiction. I mean, they say nicotine is as addictive as heroin, don't they? Or more so? I think it's just, in, you know, I mean, maybe they do, but it's just indicative of people not liking smoking. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't like smoking. I think we should raise the taxes. And finding an excuse to, to ban it. And, and, you know, that's essentially what they want to do. It. I mean, you know, if, if, you, if they raise it to $100 a pack of cigarettes, they would be happy because then we'll less, fewer people will smoke. Well, then what about... It all goes underground. Yeah. At, what about the people that are, you know, going to rob people in order to get their nicotine mm-hmm. um, habit fulfilled? They don't think about that. No, they don't care. Texas taxpayers spend about $1.5 billion a year, said, for treating tobacco-related illness in the Medicaid program for low-income people. So once again, factoring in the socialized medicine um, factor here. Most smokers don't realize they'll soon be paying considerably more for their habits, said a longtime smoker of San Antonio, Ms. Gertrude Lizowski. She says they're going to get a terrible shock when January 1st comes around. A one-pack-a-day smoker will pay nearly $50 a month in tobacco excise and sales taxes, says uh, Lizkowski. That's pretty heavy for smokers in Texas. I think it's unfair because it targets one class of people. Lizowski has been smoking for 66 years and doesn't plan to stop now. Quote, am I going to quit just because cigarettes go up $10 a carton? No. Why should I? It's an addiction. It's a withdrawal thing, just like drugs, and it's hard on your nerves, she said about quitting. She recently stocked up with seven cartons so she could save herself $70 in new taxes before the new year rolls around. So you take that attitude on uh, the part of smokers, 
and draw it out over all of the smokers in Texas. And I don't know. I don't understand how they can guess that 143,000 Texas adults are going to quit smoking as a result of an extra dollar tax. I don't see how that's going to be the case. And if they did raise, if you can explain it to me, 800-259-9231. So if they do raise the tax by, say, $5 a pack, something fairly prohibitive, mm-hmm. um, all that's going to do is bring in the, uh, the black marketeers to undercut, or gray marketeers, whoever you want to call them, to undercut the legitimate price, to offer cigarettes at half of the retail value, and make buku bucks, because they'll get them from another state, truck them in on an 18-wheeler, and start to uh, start dealing them out. And you know, What's reprehensible about this is that what people are doing when they do this is wanting to control other people's lives. They're wanting to control some habit that doesn't affect them. Now, if you know, if if somebody doesn't want smoking in their business, they can very well stop that anytime they want. Sure. If you don't want smoking on the sidewalk, well, then we've got a problem about public property. Correct. Um, we, you're not talking. If if you don't want to be around a smoker, well, don't go to their house. If you don't want them to smoke at your house, don't let them. I mean, these are problems that can be handled very, very easily. We don't have to put this. I don't think people should smoke. It's bad. You know, these these laws in place. It's just it's so weird and. Petty. But what about the children? A projected 284,000 teens will never start smoking as a result of the tax increase. Well, what about telling your kids that smoking's bad and, and uh, you know, keeping an eye on them and, and having some responsibility you know, for raising your own children? Alcohol is expensive, too, and I don't see the price of alcohol preventing teens from getting their hands on it. Teens have expendable income. I don't think they're factoring that in here. They've got a lot of expendable income. You don't have to pay rent. More's on the way. 800-259-9231, the live Christmas Day edition of Free Talk Live. You take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. The Monday edition, Christmas Day edition, here in the studio with you. It's Ian. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, totally free, including the Shrine of Female listeners. We've got dozens of ladies that have taken the time to send us their photo and we put it up on the site. You can see what I mean. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. And, ladies, you can get involved as well. Shrine.freetalklive.com. Also, register now for the New Hampshire Liberty Forum, February 23rd through the 25th of 2007. Meet libertarian superstars like John Stossel, Michael Badnarik, and many more. The most influential libertarians in America will be there. Freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. That is freestateproject.org slash libertyforum to get registered and get more information. So we were talking about this uh, Texas cigarette tax, and there's a little bit more, uh, some interesting factoids we'll get to here in a moment. But I want to go to the phones first, since people are actually calling in on Christmas Day, which is uh, refreshing, because we went through three hours of radio in uh, little New London, uh, New Hampshire, this morning and got nothing. So we go to the phones right away. Let's talk to George in D.C. You're on Free Talk Live on the Amplifier Line. Hey, guys. Long time no yelling. Hey, man. Hey, what's happening? How are you? What's on your mind? I got an announcement to make. I just got in a Christmas present to the Cloud of Liberty. I joined the First 1,000. So it's official. TSA George is a member of the First 1,000. Wow. Great. Uh, congratulations, George. What was it that encouraged you to uh, to make well, that decision? I didn't want to see the thing die. I'm probably going to try to, um, starting in 2008, try to um, get up there anyway to New Hampshire. So I figured, what the hell? Try to get a transfer over there, but I just got to go to like um, Australia first because I've been saving up my for several several years for this thing. And wait, wait, just a trip be... to Australia? No, uh, after my trip to Australia, I've been saving up for and wanted to go there for about 14 years now. 
Wow. So you've just sort of always wanted to visit Australia, and you're finally gonna um, you're finally gonna go. Yeah, but I gotta go before I move because otherwise it's gonna be too expensive, and then I'm gonna have to put it off, you know, even more. Yeah, that makes you know sense. You know, I, I'm uh, making, George, I'm making a lot of calls to people for this first 1,000, and um, what I'm telling them uh, is, you know, if you think you can make it, if you're pretty sure that you can make it, but you're kind of on the fence and you don't mm-hmm. want to promise, if you can't, if you don't know for sure that you can make it, well, I can assure you, you don't know for sure anything in life. Great all point. You're, all you're doing is pledging yeah. that you're going to make it. That's all. And, um, you know, if you, so if you're pretty sure, let's go ahead and sign up, because... Uh, we need we need a thousand people, and I think it's really important to the um, Free State Project. That the first one thousand makes it. Awesome, George. Anything else you wanted to share? Uh, no, that's about it. Like I said, I just got to go sign up and do that, and, and that was about it. Congratulations, man. We'll see though. you. Uh, we'll see you in New Hampshire, and thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The packet eight toll free line. As we go to John in New Hampshire, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, John. Hi guys. Hey there. Hey. Hey, it's interesting. I follow George. I like to quote him there. He says, uh, what the hell? Come on up to New Hampshire. Uh, it's, it's interesting because that's exactly what I was calling about, the first 1,000 pledge. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was at a party on Saturday for Lauren Canario, and uh, it was really kind of amazing, and I wanted to share this with the listeners. Uh, among the things that she kept in mind while she was in prison after the thugs down in Connecticut dragged her in uh, was the first 1,000 pledge, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah. Um, when she went in, the, the numbers were kind of low, and she was concerned whether we're going to make it or not. And uh, it's something that stayed on her mind. And uh, she said that she sent out some pleas to folks uh, to sign up. Uh, there, so, there's a lot of people that are on the fence that are just kind of procrastinating. And um, so I don't know where the numbers are now because my computer's crashed. But at the party, they 805. The, what? 805. Oh, I thought it was higher. But uh, so we're we're at the party and they're pulling up the numbers and and we're within striking distance. I mean, if we if we remind people to to just get off the fence, uh, you know, she nobody's asking anybody to go to prison or you know show the kind of bravery that she's done. There's there's plenty of things to do up here. Absolutely. And among the things is to be with these fantastic people. Uh, there's all kinds of activity from political activism to civil disobedience to. Uh, just helping out folks, whether they're building a home or moving in. Uh, it's it's a it's a really wonderful. There's uh, so much to do. It feels they, like family. You're right, and there's so much to do. You really have to pick and choose what you want to do. Otherwise, you'll drive yourself crazy trying to do everything. I mean, there's I guess my point with it. Uh, with that there's so much to do. People uh, maybe you know when they hear some of the extreme examples, they think, "Geez, I, I don't know. That might be a little more than I want to commit to." Well, you know. Not everybody is doing the extreme stuff. There's a lot of people working in a lot of ways, and this has a real uh, family feel to it. The, 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 the community that we're building here is fantastic, and i got to tell people, you know, I, I moved up here. It was easy for me because I only uh, came up, uh, you know, just... Uh, You're in Massachusetts, right. And, um, so, so for me, it was easy, it, it, and I don't want to preach to people that they ought to do something I wouldn't do. Uh, that was three years ago that I moved. Um, 
Well, I think it's valuable to just have you here uh, talking about how uh, how excited you are to be a part of this movement and uh, pointing out, and I think rightly uh, rightly so, I think you're right. I think the uh, the stars, you know, these activist superstars get a lot of attention, and we forget about the ones who are behind the scenes writing letters to the editor. We forget about the ones who are maybe just holding a sign on the side of the road. And, uh, I, I guess that's kind of my point, that I really want to, I really want to emphasize that for the listeners. You're hearing about these superstar activists. Everybody's not expected to do this. That's a handful of people. Uh, we're all learning. We're supporting in various ways. Yep. I have to tell people, come to New Hampshire. You will be so glad you did. And you know what? Um, geez, I, I could just go on. It's I know the, you could. And I'm the only thing I... It's the happiest I... thing. It's the best thing I have ever done in my life is to move up here. How exciting is it, though, John? Just imagine, I mean, it's the end of 2006 as we enter the final week of 2006. Imagine where we'll be in a year from now where uh, a couple more hundred people may have moved into the state by then. Imagine the increase in activity that we're going to have as a result of that. I think it's just going to get more and more exciting as every year goes by. And, John, thank you for the call. We appreciate right, hearing thanks, from guys. you, sir. You know, I, I, would, I would totally agree that, um, you know, there's been... There's been some action by the very few people that are um, that have moved for the Free State Project mm-hmm. already, and we're seeing success. Um, we've had a, one one Free Stater has already been elected to office. Right. This uh, this program hasn't even started yet. Well, only so many uh, could actually run for office, and only people who've uh, been here for two years could run for that particular represent could run for um, House Representative. Right. You had to have been here two years already right. and um, so established t- residency and that two kind of thing. more years that we're going to have even more. That have been here longer that could run for that office. Absolutely, I would. I would think that there would be. I would imagine that there's going to be free staters elected um, in the 2008 election. I, I think, would think you're right. There's local elections in 2007, and I intend to run for um, you know a local office. You and a bunch of other people as well, because yeah. it's easy to do that. It here is in New Hampshire. It's and easy to run for state house in New Hampshire. It's just incredible. Yeah, um, I would like to address what uh, what John said about the. Uh, the pledge bank number it, it has gone down a little bit, and that's because pledge bank went through and, and called out some obvious uh, fraud. Right, there's been some controversy uh, that has sort of erupted over the weekend in regards to the the uh, the first 1,000 pledge, and I think it's probably pretty important to talk about it um, here on Free Talk Live, simply because well, it's there's controversy going on on the uh, the Free State Project forum, also the NHFree.com forum. And people are getting upset, and it's understandable because we're so close, right? Yeah. I mean, whenever crunch are, time occurs, people get upset. Right here we are, and, and they're upset as well because this is a big thing. I mean, the free, the first one thousand pledge is a big deal for the Free State Project. Well, it turns out that there were several dozen um, allegedly fake signatures on the first one thousand pledge that have been outed, and we'll come back with details on this. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Your thoughts as well about anything. That's on your mind. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live, 1-800-259-9231. That is the Packet 8 toll-free line, and this is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live Monday edition, the Christmas Day edition of the show. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can take control of the airwaves toll-free. 1-800-259-9231 is the packet8.net toll-free line. That's 800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The archives are there, an entire year's worth of the show. Front page of the website for your download and convenience, and all completely free at freetalklive.com. Does your company have a bunch of unpaid receivables just sitting out there? Try SACL CAI. They do collection in a whole new way. 
SACL knows that the way they, um, they treat your customer reflects on you. They record every customer interaction so you can check their work. Let SACL CAI handle any or all of your accounts receivable needs. See their banner at freetalklive.com or call 1-800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support FTL. That's right. All right. So SACL CAI talking about the first 1,000 pledge and some controversy that erupted over the weekend. Now, just so, uh, just in case you're just tuning in, the first 1,000 pledge is a um, it's a part of the Free State Project, which is a group that is working towards moving as many liberty-oriented individuals to New Hampshire as we possibly can. And the first 1,000 uh, is intended to have a, th- a, nine- a thousand people essentially sign this agreement that says, if 999 other people will do so, I will move myself to New Hampshire uh, by the end of 2008. That's essentially what it says. And we've been pushing it for several months here on Free Talk Live. The uh, first 1,000 pledge was created in the beginning of 2006. Its window where it is to end, the pledge period, is to end in a week from today. It's to end at the end of this year. And the concept is pretty simple. Get 1,000 people to sign. Well, Mm -hmm. we're up to over 800 at this point. And over the weekend, the number was all the way up into like the 820 range. Right. And it dropped drastically back to something like 790 something, and I, I think was, it was a little farther than that. May, may have been further. I, think I it called um, almost 50 names. I wasn't tracking the exact numbers, but nonetheless, a big chunk were taken out. And as you might imagine, it stirred up some controversy on the uh, the message board surrounding the project. And I, um, you know, fingers have been pointed at me on this one because I had revealed publicly on the message board an easy way to cheat. The first 1,000 pledge. I had essentially said, if you had wanted to cheat the first 1,000 pledge, you could use this website, Dodgit.com. And there are other sites that are similar to Dodgit. And uh, the now this is gotten, sort of this is sort of one of the uh, the things that people get upset about the internet for in general. Giving out information. Yeah, too much information. Right. Um, like for instance, if there's information on how to build a bomb, somehow the person who put the information out on how to build the bomb is responsible and culpable for when blowing people built. up. Right. I you know. I, I personally would not put information on the Internet about how to build a bomb. Um, and I think what you were doing, this is, this is what, what I saw, was that you were saying, look, there's fraud out there. There's going to be fraud. And I can tell you easily and quickly how to, how to um, you know, uh, you know commit system. fraud. Yeah. Now, um, that doesn't in any way, I think this is a continued part of your statement, that that doesn't in any way mitigate the First 1000 program or what it's about it just means that there's going to be fraud anyway. Well, that's true, and I think that uh, it, it's a very easily defrauded system. I mean, the, the, essentially, the website works like this. Uh, Dodgit.com, and I'm sure the same people will be angry that I'm even mentioning it on the air, but, I mean, at this point, the damage is done, right? So Dodgit.com allows you to go in, and this is a very useful site, um, not just to scam a, a system like this, but to, for instance, if you want to protect your privacy. Right. Like if you're going to sign up for, uh, say, a, a porn site or something that you don't want them to sell your email address, any site that you don't trust, if you don't want to give them your real email address, what you do is you can go to Dodgit.com and type in Mark, or I'm sure there's, there might already be a Mark, but, you know, MarkEdge at Dodgit.com. Mm-hmm. And you, it's like a receive-only email address. You don't go through any sort of account setup or anything like that. Anybody can go and, ed, and, and access markedge at dodget.com. Anybody in the world. And so what you do is you go to your questionable website. You put in that email address when you sign up. It sends you the confirmation 
to that email address. You check it at Donja.com. You get the email that you were looking for, and the website that you signed up for doesn't have any idea what your real email address is. So it's a very cool site. Yeah, it's essentially you get an email address without a lot of um, work in entering because you could go to yahoo and make a bunch of fake email addresses it could certainly be done it just takes longer than it does with this site now we're talking about libertarians here people who want to protect their um identities often there's often in the groups i'm not one of these people but um you know there's there's people that like their privacy in the in the libertarian movement the liberty movement and the patriot movement and they would be the sort that would use dodge it so there's probably some legitimate folks that signed up uh, with, you know, using this site or one of the many other um, multitude of sites out there that are just like this one. And and there's also a chance that those names were removed from the pledge as well. That's something they're trying to determine. And I don't think they possibly can because obviously Pledge Bank has to um, keep their email addresses private. Well, I it's, think there's a the, privacy policy in effect. The, the leadership and, of the, the Free State Project is going to do its very best to uh, be um, as you know, to to make sure that the the people that are legit are on and that the people that are fakes are off. But the point and is, and I think they're supposed to do that. I under I understand that. But my point, the whole uh, the whole way has been that there's no way to tell um, who is real and who isn't with this system. If somebody uses the dodget.com domain name to create an an email address, you can't tell who created it. Right. There's it's a completely anonymous system, and so. It's problematic, and that's one of the reasons I pointed it out. But then they got angry at me for pointing it out because apparently somebody went and signed up a whole bunch of times from the Dodgett email addresses. And then uh, they've been caught and they've been removed, and I presume they're probably on the lookout uh, for Dodgett. Also, I believe Mailinator is another one. There's a few other different services that do similar things. I don't know and about so them, but okay. I presume they would be on the lookout for this sort of thing. But I think also they were angry at me because I sort of had this sort of um, whatever attitude about it. Like... So let me run this one by you, Mark, and see what you think about it. And you guys as well at 800-259-9231. Is it, uh, should I be as morally outraged as some of these people on the message board? Like, for instance, if I hadn't have posted that link, and maybe whoever it was that did the scamming didn't see the link and didn't get the idea into their head, because I think that's the presumption as to what's what's happened. If that didn't happen and somebody went ahead and scammed the system anyway, and they didn't discover it, First 1000 may have gotten to 1,000 signatures on a fraudulent basis. Now, we're hoping, obviously, that it gets there legitimately. Right. But if it reached 1,000 signatures on a fraudulent basis, and let's take a big number. Let's say 300 of the 1,000 signatures were fake. Now, I don't think that's the case. Otherwise, they probably would have wiped out a lot more than what they did. But let's just say 300 of the 1,000 signatures are fake. Well, that means that up to 700 people would be moving to New Hampshire as a part of the first 1,000 pledge. Now, you could make the point that, well, the pledge says, I'll move if 999 other people will move, and therefore it's immoral, therefore it's fraud, therefore oh, it's it's bad. fraud. I, I would totally agree with that. But I think that when they pick the first 1,000 number, at least I, w- I should hope this, or um, you know, sort of in the back of their minds, mm-hmm. they were thinking, well, there's going to be a certain amount of fraud, and... Um, that's why we're picking the number that we're picking. They didn't pick the first 500. They picked the first 1,000. Right. And I would think that you you would have the expectation that there would be a certain amount of fraud. My would, question to you is this. Yeah. Um, if I signed up for the first 1,000 and um, some weird stuff happened, I, uh, here, I, I inherited $10 million from mm-hmm. my uh, uncle but his in his uh, will he said, but you have to stay in the state of Florida yeah. in order to keep it. 
and I didn't go as a part of the first 1,000, did I commit fraud? No, I mean, of I signed not. up, but Absolutely I'm not. not going. You had an intention. There's no legal agreement there. Right. But that would violate the entire pledge because then only 998 people were right. going. Do you, you understand what I'm saying? So and would those 998 people, should they find out that you didn't go, throw up their hands in the air and say, forget this, I'm not going? Of course right. not. Are they, My are, point hold is, on, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the other thing is there's going to be people move to New Hampshire by the end of 2008 that didn't sign up for the first 1,000 program true. because the first 1,000 program made it. Because right. it was successful, and they know in their hearts that people are moving to New Hampshire for liberty. Which is my point is, yes, it is immoral, yes, it is wrong to fudge the signatures. But on the other hand, I don't think it's that big of a deal, because I'd rather have some people move to New Hampshire than none at all. I mean, we know they're going to come anyway, and we know they're, if, even if the first 1,000 doesn't make it, and we hope it does... Even if they, even if it doesn't make it, they're going to probably retool the project and uh, focus more on getting people to move sooner rather than later, and not have any more of these little sign up in advance. Just like move, essentially. Yeah, and I think wanna, that that's the right thing to do. I want to come back and hit this more eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can take control of the airwaves, and we want to hear what you think about the fraud on the first one thousand pledge. Free talk live. This is the Christmas Day edition of Free Talk Live. That's right. We're here in the studio actually performing this show for you, unlike virtually every other talk host in the industry. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. The toll-free number for you is 800-259-9231. That is the Packet 8 toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website and enjoy all the features there for free. It's at freetalklive.com. Those other radio talk show hosts who love taking time off, also love to charge you for their website. We don't do that either, um, so enjoy all that. But if you want to help support the show, then you can go and buy some stuff at our store, the Free Talk Live store at store.freetalklive.com. We've got Free Talk Live t-shirts and hats. Uh, we've got the Free Marketeer flag, DVD archive collector's sets, all there for you, store.freetalklive.com. So we're talking about the first 1,000 pledge with the Free State Project and how it is that there's a controversy that erupted over the weekend in regards to some fake signatures on this, which is uh, intended to in encourage people to move to New Hampshire sooner rather than later. And the idea is that once a thousand people sign this, then those thousand people will all, they're all essentially agreeing to move to New Hampshire within the next two years as part of the Free State Project, if... Uh, you know, 999 other people signed the pledge. Well, as it turns out, a bunch of signatures were removed for being fake over the weekend, and that sort of erupted some controversy. And my point uh, on this was by well, I was the one who revealed the website that one could use in order one of the websites. There are more than one. One of the websites that someone could easily use to easily cheat the pledge because it's easily cheatable. It's easy to defraud the first 1,000 pledge. And that, that was sort of my point in that even if you get to 1,000 signatures and it turns out that 300 of the 1,000 are invalid, technically it does make the pledge invalid, but it won't make a difference to the people who've signed the pledge because they won't know. I'm not advocating anybody scam anyone because that, that is wrong. It is the ends justify the means and all that. But I'm just pointing out that it doesn't matter if the names are fake or a bunch of people just drop off anyway. The people who move as a result of the first 1,000 pledge won't know the difference, period. There's no tracking of the individuals who signed the first 1,000 pledge. You don't have to be a Free State Project member to sign the first 1,000 pledge. There's no way to verify whether those people have actually, uh, have actually gone ahead and done what they said they were going to do. You could have nine. You could have a thousand people sign that pledge legitimately, and only 250 people move for whatever reason. And those 250 people who moved. 
would never know that 750 other people didn't move. Do you see what I'm saying? There's no uh, trackability to the entire process. The entire thing is full of holes, which is why I'm pointing out that the first 1,000 pledge is more symbolism than it is anything else. It's more the idea of, yeah, let's get 1,000 people to move to New Hampshire. Does it really matter if all 1,000 move? My argument is no, it doesn't. But I'd like to hear from you what you think at 800-259-9231. Well, I, I would say that um, I can totally understand where people are coming from on this uh, and when they're upset and outraged. I, I, don't, I don't want any fraud to go on. Um, with the first 1,000 program. Mm -hmm. But I understand that um, there's fraud in, in everything, and in the idea of the leadership of the um, first 1,000, the leadership of the Free State Project, is to keep that fraud down. I think that everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing. Sure. I would, um, I, I, I would, I would chasten you about having... Uh, posted that and you know in the same way that I don't I don't think it's a good idea to post a you know bomb schematic on the uh, internet I I would I don't think it was a good idea for you to put that up there but I understand the point that you were trying to make um and you know I I understand that you didn't defraud the system but you know having put it up there I I don't think that's I don't think it was the 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 best and most well thought out thing you've I, done all year I have admitted year. at this point that it was probably a mistake but nonetheless I mean the damage has been done and now a lot of people are angry about the fact that essentially it's been revealed how easy it is to defraud this pledge bank it was easy before I revealed the information that's true. I just revealed the information, and now people are upset about it. Oh, no! The Free State Project is going to crumble as a result of this. No, nothing's going to happen as a result of this. What's going to happen is the Free State Project's first 1,000 pledge is either going to make it or it's not. Now, it's either going to make it legitimately, if it makes it, it's going to be either make it legitimately or it's going to make it illegitimately. And there's no way that anyone's going to be able to tell the difference between the two. That's another uh, that's another point. So when you signed that first 1,000 pledge, you must have signed it knowing that there was a chance that even if it made it to an, uh, to 1,000 pledges, that not all 1,000 would A, be real, or B, honor their pledge. Right. I mean, some of them are in likely, you know, likely not to move. I some mean, of them it are, could just happen. Some of them are real who signed the pledge with an intention to move after 2008. I happen to know a couple of them. And I, I'll admit that... Uh, it didn't bother me to tell them to go ahead and sign because uh, I had a couple people email me and say, look, it doesn't look like I'm going to be able to make it to New Hampshire until 2009. Should I sign the pledge? I said, you know, it wouldn't bother me if you did. <laughs> so yeah, there's a number I want them to move in 2008, and I think that them signing makes it more likely that they're going to try a little harder, mm -hmm. and I think that's a good thing. Um, I, I think that nobody who signed the first 1000 program knows for certain that they're going to be able to make it by 2008. Right, and I can't believe that anybody who signed it would be uppity about the idea that some, let's say 20, maybe 50 of the signers, might not make it until 2009. I don't think that they're going to get all upset and say, I moved to New Hampshire before 2008 and these bums are moving here in 2009. I don't think anybody's got that attitude. I just think some people are taking this a little bit too seriously. That's all. But maybe I'm wrong about this. And maybe there is a, a big problem that I've overlooked. 800-259-9231. So that's it. I just wanted to get that out there. Uh, I know, I know uh, the president of the Free State Project is coming to meet with me personally tomorrow mm -hmm. about it. And It's uh, his job. He's sure. supposed to do that. Um, he's, he's supposed to um, ferret out fraud and, and um, 
you know, make sure that everybody, everything's on the up and up. You can't just let these things go, um, go on unchecked, and he needs to check on it. And God bless him. So the good news is, the at least, uh, we don't know if they've caught all of the fraud. We just know that they caught um, a, at least two different chunks of signatures that were allegedly done by either one or two different people. And uh, so that's all we know at this point. If there was a little fraud here and a little fraud there, we don't know uh, if they caught that. So this, at this point, the good news is the vast majority of the signatures are supposedly real signatures. So that's the good news. And hopefully the better news will be that in a week's time we'll have completed the first 1,000 pledge legitimately. And you can go and sign up yourself at freestateproject.org. That said, let's go back to Texas and their cigarette tax, which they're increasing by 343%. Did you need another reason to leave Texas? If you're a cigarette smoker, now you've got a whole dollar extra reason per pack as to why you shouldn't be in Texas. I would like to see uh, cigarette taxes done away with completely. Um, even if cigarette smoking's bad, and even if we can, uh, you know, we take this, this money from the cigarettes and, and apply it towards quote-unquote good causes, the government's implementing these good, good causes, and they're going to do it really inefficiently. I think those cigarette smokers um, would be better off taking the money and donating it to charities that they consider to be, um, you know, good charities, I, you know, than, than having the government... Um, Get, get involved in all this. So these bureaucrats believe that raising the tax on cigarettes will somehow stop kids from smoking cigarettes, which I find absurd. But nonetheless, here are some interesting statistics for you. The Texas cigarette tax will leave 15 other states with higher taxes on cigarettes. Now, their, do- their tax as of January 1st is going to become $1.41 per pack, up from 41 cents. New Jersey has the highest state tax at $2.58 per pack. Wow. But some communities also impose local taxes, creating a combined state-local tax of $3.66 per pack in Chicago, Illinois, for example. Anchorage, Alaska, has a tax of $3.10 per pack, and New York City taxes $3 per pack. So on the scale of things, Texas isn't really up there with the big boys, but nonetheless, this is a significant increase. Well, we know that New York City itself has a local tax that uh, that they've in, imposed that's even higher than New Jersey's. So um, it would be interesting to look at these places with the higher taxes. What kind of what kind of results have they had? What in New York City? We well, know what results have, have some happened. of the results have been that uh, you know they're selling cigarettes individually on the street to uh, I would assume poor people. Yeah. Um, you know, people are uh, scamming the system, bringing cigarettes in. Um, you're you're really allowing. You know, black market forces, which are dangerous. I'm sorry, they're dangerous um, to some extent or another. Oh, but that's okay, Mark. New York City has a cigarette interdiction squad now. That'll solve all those problems. Great, and that costs that much more. We have to pay for the cigarette interdiction. Well, don't you want to stop kids from smoking? Look, the people who are in charge of kids um, smoking are their parents. And it's in all likelihood where they're getting the cigarettes from, by the way. El Pasoans, by the way, will save $5 in excise taxes on every carton by shopping in neighboring New Mexico, while Texarkana shoppers could save more than $8 per carton in Arkansas. You know, how is this going to – the businesses, the convenience stores in the center of the state, they're going to be okay because Texas is a big state. Right. But the people on the border, the people living nearby the bordering states, which almost uh, – which all of them actually have lower, ta- uh, lower taxes – they're all going to cross over the border, and those convenience stores that are within what? Five miles from the border of Texas, they're going to be hurting uh, as a result of this. And I guess it's okay in the bureaucrats' minds. We'll sacrifice these people's businesses in the hopes that kids will stop smoking because they have to pay an extra dollar. Hello? 
Kids buy alcohol every weekend. They can afford a dollar increase. More's on the way. Hour two's coming up. You take control. It's Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is the Monday edition of the show. It's also the Christmas Day edition. We're actually in the studio doing the program just for you. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That is the Packet 8 toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. As always, you bring up whatever's on your mind. That's why we call the show Free Talk Live. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site there are completely free. That, again, is freetalklive.com. Lots to talk about here tonight. Let's go uh, into something a little bit more controversial, I suppose. Some people might find this controversial. Our listeners, probably not at this point. Ten myths and ten truths about atheism. Appropriate on uh, the day that the Christians celebrate Jesus' birth, which, of course, was actually five months ago. I guess five or six months ago. You know, I looked born. it up in Wikipedia. I've, I've been doing a little bit of research on this, and I can't find what I was told in Christian school by some uh, Christian school teacher that um, he was, in fact, born in July or June. I remember it was a J word. It's been quite some time. Um, that, you know, it's I couldn't find that anywhere, on, um, you know, that I have looked so far. So I don't know for sure that he was born in June or July, but um, that's what I was told at one point at, at a Christian school, and I believed it. And um, now I'm kind of questioning that belief, and, and I think you have to do that in life, question um, things that you've come to, uh, you know, believe on authority. And But it does say that Jesus was born, um, you know, a couple of years before he was born. Um, mm-hmm. In all likelihood, he was born either in 3 or 2 B.C., which means, hmm, we've got the year of his birth wrong. I wonder if we got the, the day. day wrong. Yeah, we do. And as we pointed out before um, on other shows, there there are a number of uh, pagan symbol, uh, symbols uh, that have sort of been transformed into Christian symbols now, or Christmas-related symbols. And that's not where I wanted to go with this. The reason I want to bring this up is because, well, I stumbled upon it, and I thought it was great. But secondly, because in your Christmas Day celebrations, if you are a Christian, there's a chance that amongst the revelers over at your house, enjoying the turkey and uh, the cranberry sauce and the other things that uh, that you had, and in, in engaging in the gift exchange that you inevitably had earlier today, or perhaps going on right now, Amongst the revelers at your house as a Christian, there is a chance, in fact, I would say a fairly good chance, that at least one person there is a non-believer. At least one person is an atheist, and they're deathly afraid to come out of the closet. So I'm actually doing this not to flash atheism in front of people, but to just simply let you know that they're out there, and there's a reason why they're so timid. It's because they feel like they're hated. Sam Harris, the author of End of Faith, Religion, Terror, and Future of Reason. But these are just your friends and family members. And that's the point. And Letter to a Christian Nation writes in the L.A. Times, several polls indicate that the term atheism has acquired such an extraordinary stigma in the United States that being an atheist is now a perfect impediment to a career in politics. According to a recent Newsweek poll, only 37% of Americans would vote for an otherwise qualified atheist for president. Wow. Yep, if you're an atheist, you're done. Atheists are often imagined to be... I remember with, uh, I think it was Howard Dean during the uh, 2004 election, or 2006? When did we like 2004. Um, that they, uh, you know, one of the things that they said is, is that the guy, this guy isn't a Christian. 
But what was he? He was something else, right? Well, he was just um, like he he was uh, you know a nominal me- member of some church and if went very else, rarely or something like off. that. If you're something else, you can pull it off. What do you but mean, like something else? Like a Catholic? Uh, well, I guess Catholics, Catholics are Christians. Christians. Uh, I don't know. Muslim? You have I a think better... not. <laughs> Buddhist? Uh uh-uh. uh. I think that you're I think you're better off as an atheist than you would be as a Muslim or a Buddhist or I, I don't mean, know about Maybe that. maybe there's a, an American in the future America in the future where they would uh, elect somebody who's a different religion. But... He claims that being black, Muslim or homosexual is not as detrimental, but he doesn't cite the statistics for that. Mm-hmm. So, let's move on. Atheists are often imagined to be intolerant, immoral, depressed, blind to the beauty of nature and dogmatically closed to evidence of the supernatural. Even John Locke, one of the great patriarchs of the Enlightenment, believed that atheism, quote, was not at all to be tolerated, unquote, because he said promises, covenants, and oaths, which are the bonds of human societies, can have no hold upon an atheist. That was more than 300 years ago, but in the United States today, little seems to have changed. A remarkable 87% of the population claims, quote, never to doubt the existence of God. Fewer than 10% identify themselves as atheists, and their reputation appears to be deteriorating. Given that we know that atheists are often among the most intelligent and scientifically literate people in any society, it seems important to deflate the myths that prevent them from playing a larger role in our national discourse. And here they are. Ten of them. Number one, atheists believe that life is meaningless. On the contrary. Religious people often worry that life is meaningless and imagine that it can only be redeemed by the promise of eternal happiness beyond the grave. Atheists tend to be quite sure that life is precious. Life is imbued with meaning by being really fully lived. Our relationships with those who we love are meaningful now. They need not last forever in order to be made so. Atheists tend to find this fear of meaningless, well, or meaninglessness, well, meaningless. So... This is a claim that uh, that I've heard echoed before, that atheists believe that life is meaningless. Oh, here, here we go. Ian, are you an atheist? Yes. Do you believe that life is without meaning? Do I believe that life is without meaning? Yes. No. You believe life has meaning? Tell me about some of the meanings of life. Um, it, it has to do with what I make of it. I can uh, do what I want with my life. The okay. meaning of my life is to be lived and enjoyed. What are some of the meanings of your life? What are the meanings of my life? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure. Can you define meaning? I don't know. Do you want to spread, um, you know, liberty and nonviolence around the world? Yeah, sure. That sounds good. Uh, it seems to me that you do that a great deal. You spend a great deal of your day, far more than anyone, um, you know, that I know, um, religious or non-religious, doing such a thing. I mean, you have created a show that, um, you know, goes on 18 hours a week. And uh, I, every time I see you, man, you're sitting in front of the computer working on the show. And I see you a great deal. Yeah. So to me, your life has a great deal of meaning. Right. That, a meaning that you've created. And I, I, would, I would argue that life is empty and meaningless, but it um, has the meaning, that's, uh, meaning that an individual creates in their own life. And to you, life's very important um, and, you know, what you do with it. So I think that, that is, uh, that's an erroneous statement that uh, atheists don't believe that life has meaning. And that's what some people think, though. That he's he's uh, outlining myths. I understand, and I would also say that, and I would say that it's a myth. You know, it's it's wrong. I would also say that when it comes to morality, um, you're a pretty moral dude. I I think your morality is different than uh, than 
some people's. I think we'll probably get to the moral objection here in a moment. I, I think that's in these top. Oh, I 10. thought that that was uh, that was uh, part of the the previous one. Go ahead. There's uh, there's ten of them here. Okay, Number two, ahead. atheism is responsible for the greatest crimes in human history. What? People of faith oh, often claim that Nazis the crimes of Hitler, Stalin, Mao, and Pol Pot were an inevitable product of unbelief. The problem is with fasci- uh, the problem with fascism and communism, however, is not that they're too critical of religion. The problem is that they're too much like religions. Some regimes are dogmatic to the core and generally give rise to personality cults that are indistinguishable from cults of religious hero worship. Auschwitz, the Gulag, and Killing Fields were not examples of what happens when human beings reject religious dogma. They're the examples of political, racial, and nationalistic dogma run amok. There's no society in human history that has ever suffered because its people became too reasonable. Number three, atheism is dogmatic. Jews, Christians, and Muslims claim that their scriptures are so prescient in humanity's needs that they could only have been written under the direction of an omniscient deity. An atheist is simply a person who has considered this claim, reads the books, and found the claim to be ridiculous. One doesn't have to uh, have to take anything on faith or be otherwise dogmatic to reject unjustified religious beliefs. As the historian Stephen Henry Roberts once said, quote, I contend that we are both atheists. I just believe in one fewer God than you do. When you understand why you dismiss all the other possible gods, you will understand why I dismiss yours. In that, a religious person, when you ask them, will absolutely deny that Zeus exists. A religious person, who's maybe a Christian perhaps, will absolutely deny that uh, you name the old god that has sort of been retired. Odin. Yeah. Exists. Zoroaster. Number four. Atheists think everything in the universe arose by chance. No one knows why the universe came into being. In fact, it's not entirely... Hold on. Before you... um, um, Let me... You can start that one in just a second. I do want to approach the dogmaticism of um, atheists. Okay. Um, What you're doing is you're sort of separating atheists from people who believe in evolution. And I think that largely, to be an atheist, you have to believe in something... Like That's not true. I, I understand. But I, believe lar- in no- I, I said believe- largely. I didn't say that to be an atheist. I said largely to be an atheist, you have to believe that the universe came from somewhere. And to believe that um, we came from little motes, little microscopic life, I think you have to have a certain level of faith in um, the, the theory of evolution. Yeah. And that, to me, sounds somewhat dogmatic. Well, of course, the faith in evolution would actually be based on some real evidence, which, of course, religion doesn't have any of. We're coming back with more Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show, the Christmas Day edition of the program. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. That's the Packet 8 toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, totally free, including the wiki, wiki.freetalklive.com. Over 900 pages there created by listeners like you. It's like the listener-editable version of our website, wiki. .freetalklive.com, and Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project's First 1,000 Pledge. We are on the final week of the First 1,000 Pledge. Are you just going to talk about freedom, or are you going to be like George in D.C. who called the beginning of the show and start living it now? Learn how the First 1,000 Pledge can make it happen today at freestateproject.org. That is freestateproject.org. Now, we're talking about the ten myths and ten truths about atheism, according to the Los Angeles Times and Sam Harris, author of End of Faith and Letter to a Christian Nation. And the reason I'm bringing this up, as I pointed out, is just because there are a lot of atheists in America, certainly not the majority, and not even close, as a matter of fact, Uh, but there's still a significant number of, of millions of atheists in America, 
If you're a good Christian, there's a chance that some of your friends, maybe even family members, are atheists and have never told you so. And one of the reasons why atheists tend to keep real quiet about their lack of belief is simply because they don't want to be ostracized um, by people who were friendly with them. Because a lot of times when an atheist will come out of the closet, some Christians will become decidedly unfriendly towards them, which one might argue is also decidedly unchristian of them as well. But nonetheless, they are, there's a, a certain set of beliefs and misunderstandings that people have about atheists, and that's what Sam Harris is attempting to, uh, to undermine here or to counteract. And number four is that atheists think everything in the universe arose by chance. No one knows why the universe came into beginning. In fact, it's not entirely clear that we can coherently speak about the beginning or the creation of the universe at all, as these ideas invoke the concept of time, and here we're talking about the origin of space-time itself. And it seems like whenever I bring up this point, Mark, you try to position me as an evolutionist. And it's not the case. I don't believe anything about the creation of the universe, because it doesn't matter to me how the universe was created. It's a wonderful little question that's fun to think about and investigate, but um, I don't subscribe to any theory in regard. I think evolution's a neat theory. I think there's some evidence out there that brings it, that, you know, it makes it look legitimate, but you make some points that make it look illegitimate, and so really it doesn't matter to me if it's true or not. Right. I don't have faith in evolution, and I don't have faith in God. I think that people, by and large, want and uh, need for themselves um, to know the, the uh, theory of the universe, you know, the, the origins of the universe the in their minds. Yes, I do. I would like to see you put a poll up at freetalklive.com. I don't think that's going to be a scientific poll. Of course not. But I would like to see what our listeners have to say as to whether or not they care about the origins of the universe. Um, you can do that after the show. No, you're the one who's making the claim. I don't care. I know there's probably a significant number of people that don't care. People don't walk around their daily lives wondering, how did I get here? Where did this world come from? No, they're concerned with paying the bills and uh, you know playing a PlayStation 2 or 3 and in, in spending their existing time here on Earth, however they That's want. That's how they spend their their. Um, time, but I think that people want to know. You know, the evidence that people believe in religion is evidence that that people want to know where the world came from and how it became to be. I think the evidence that people believe in religion is evidence that people were a long time ago brought in with the explanation of certain natural phenomena, not necessarily the origins of the universe. I don't think people could even really. I mean, maybe they could comprehend that back then, but I think they might have been more wondering why does that big ball rise in the sky every day simple things like that that's what religion explained way back in the day and uh, as a result of the inculcation of the masses that they were successful in doing uh, as science has sort of explained away all of these phenomenon that were at one time religious phenomenon and now they're scientific and, and explainable religion is just sort of held on to its grip on people over okay time. um so that's that's fine and you can you can argue that point all you want because it's it's clear that you don't care and um and i don't think that and i would say that you know there's some evidence that Everybody doesn't care. Doesn't care largely, mm -hmm. but I think that they do, um, to some extent, okay. care where the where the um, universe comes from. That's fine. But I would Just say, stop assigning it to me because I don't. I would say that um, that uh, evolution is as dogmatic as any other, um, or is somewhat dogmatic I as agree with is you. any other. Um, there's form a little of bit of faith involved. I agree with that. Yeah, there's faith involved in evolution, but I'm not here to defend it. So let's move on. Number five: atheism has no connection to science. Sam says, although it's possible to be a scientist and still believe in God, as some scientists seem to manage, 
there's no question that an engagement with scientific thinking tends to erode rather than support religious faith. Taking the U.S. population as an example, most polls show that about 90% of the general public believes in a personal God, yet 93% of the members of the National Academy of Sciences do not. This suggests that there are few modes of thinking less congenial to religious faith than sciences. The number six myth about atheists and atheism is that atheists are arrogant. When scientists don't know something, like why the universe came into being or how the first self-replicating molecules formed, they admit it. Pretending to know things one doesn't know is a profound liability in science. You're going to get undermined and prove to be a, a jerk if you do that sort of thing. And yet it is the lifeblood of faith-based religion. One of the monumental ironies in religious discourse can be found in the frequency with which people of faith praise themselves for their humility, while claiming to know facts about cosmology, chemistry, and biology that no scientist knows. When considering questions about the nature of the cosmos and our place within it, atheists tend to draw their opinions from science. This isn't arrogance, it's intellectual honesty. Number seven, atheists are closed to spiritual experience. There's nothing, says Sam, that prevents an atheist from experiencing love, ecstasy, rapture, and awe. Atheists can value these experiences and seek them regularly. What atheists don't tend to do is make unjustified and unjustifiable claims about the nature of reality on the basis of such experiences. There's no question that some Christians have transformed their lives for the better by reading the Bible and praying to Jesus. What does this prove? It proves that certain disciplines of attention and codes of conduct can have a profound effect upon the human mind. Do the positive experiences of Christians suggest that Jesus is the sole savior of, uh, savior of humanity? Not even remotely, because Hindus, Buddhists, and Muslims, and even atheists regularly have similar experiences. There is, in fact, not a Christian on this earth who can be certain that Jesus even wore a beard, much less that he was born of a virgin or rose from the dead. These are just not the sorts of claims that spiritual experience can authenticate. No, I would agree. I would agree with um, you know all this stuff where he's uh, you know talking about you know what we what we accept as truth um there's you know it's faith number 8 atheists believe there's nothing beyond human life and human understanding sam says atheists are free to admit the limits of human understanding in a way that religious people aren't it's obvious that we don't fully understand the universe but it's even more obvious that neither the bible nor the quran reflects our best understanding of it we don't know I would agree with that we don't know whether there is complex life elsewhere in the cosmos but there might be if there is, such beings could have developed an understanding of nature's laws that vastly exceeds our own. Atheists can freely, I mean, for instance, imagine a, a race of some sort of a being that has existed for eons, that uh, has been around for so long that they have just have such a grasp on physics and all the other things that we're still trying to understand. Atheists can freely entertain such possibilities. They can also admit that if brilliant ex extraterrestrials exist, the contents of the Bible and the Koran will be even less impressive to them than they are to human atheists. 1-800-259-9231. We're talking about the ten myths and truths about atheism. We've got two more to hit here in a moment. And your calls as well about whatever's on your mind. This is your show. You take control. 1-800-259-9231. The Christmas Day edition of Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. 
This is Free Talk Live, and it is your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231, the Packet 8 toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free. Updates included. You get signed up, we'll clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the program. That's updates.freetalklive.com to get on that list. It is updates.freetalklive.com. I sent out an update today, as a matter of fact. Uh, we posted already, I posted the archive from earlier today when we were filling in for Gardner Goldsmith, mm-hmm. posted that on the front page of the site, and also posted a, a biography for Wayne, who appears on the show from uh, from time to time, usually on a once-a-week basis. I'm going to go look at that now. What is Wayne's biography all about? So it's all there, um, and it's, you'll get these things first. You'll know first if you're on the updates list, updates.freetalklive.com. Talking about the ten myths and truths of, of about atheism, according to Sam Harris, Writing in the L.A. Times, a lot of people misunderstand atheists. They think that we're bad people and that we just uh, – there's just a lot of myths out there. And if you've missed some of them, well, you should tune in to the archives at freetalklive.com because we're continuing with uh, number eight, which is that atheists believe there's nothing beyond human life and human understanding. Sam says, from the atheist point of view, the world's religions utterly trivialize the real beauty and immensity of the universe. One doesn't have to accept anything on insufficient evidence to make such an observation. Number nine, atheists ignore the fact that religion is extremely beneficial to society. Sam says, those who emphasize the good effects of religion never seem to realize that such effects fail to demonstrate the truth of any religious doctrine. This is why we have terms such as wishful thinking and self-deception. There's a profound distinction between a uh, consoling delusion and the truth. In any case, the good effects of religion can be surely disputed. In most cases, it seems that religion gives people bad reasons to behave well when good reasons are actually available. Ask yourself, which is more moral, helping the poor out of concern for their suffering or doing so because you think the creator of the universe wants you to do it and will reward you for doing it or will punish you for not doing it? Um, I would agree with that, but which one is better for society? Um, people doing the right thing for the wrong reason or doing the wrong thing because they feel no culpability in it? I don't think... I think that there are plenty of people that do the right thing for whatever reason. I agree. Which is better for society that, of the two choices that I gave you? I don't think that atheism um, creates this, but, you know, to some extent it could. I think that some people turn their lives around. Some people are so simple um, and such sheep that they turn their lives around for the sole purpose of religion, and they want to go to heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they just don't get that life works better um, when you do the right thing. Life is better when you do the right thing. How hard would that be to explain to people without a uh, silly little book to pass to them? I think that I think we should endeavor to do that. But um, you know, the the people are out there that are willing to to espouse right ways of uh, being are the religious currently. So this is. Perhaps something that's not true. Um, You already said earlier in the show that you think I'm a fairly moral individual, Mm -hmm. and I think that I've espoused right ways of being without having to be a religious individual. It's just that they're the ones that get the attention, and they're the ones that are loudest about it. Well, atheists don't go to church. Maybe they should be louder. You mean the atheists? Yeah. Well, I agree with that. I think I think that, and that's why we had Brian Fleming on the show a few a couple weeks ago. Uh, about how atheists are coming out of the closet now. There should be more um, atheist philanthropic organizations. I agree completely. Number 10, atheism uh, provides no basis for morality. But for there to be an atheist philanthropic organization means that more atheists need to come out of the closet and admit to people that they're atheists. 
And until religious people can get over their uh, misunderstanding and hatred for atheists, some of them, some of them are over it. I'm talking about the ones that aren't over it. Until those religious people can get over it, then we've got a lot of work to do. Because atheists are scared, and for good reason. Ten. According to number four, atheists are arrogant. Ten. Atheism provides no basis for morality. If a person doesn't already understand that cruelty is wrong, he won't discover this by reading the Bible or the Koran, as these books are bursting with celebrations of cruelty, both human and divine. We don't get our morality from religion. We decide what is good in our good books by recourse, uh, by recourse to moral institutions, or intuitions rather, that are at some level hardwired in us and that have been refined by thousands of years of thinking about the causes and possibilities of human happiness. We've made considerable moral progress over the years, and we didn't make this progress by reading the Bible or the Koran more closely. Both books condone the practice of slavery, and yet every civilized human being now recognizes that slavery is an abomination. Though I wonder about the fundamentalists. What would they have to say to that? Whatever is good. Oh, in, I'd say that they would agree with that statement that it, uh, slavery is an abomination. Whatever is good in Scripture, like the Golden Rule, can be valued for, for its ethical wisdom without our believing that it was handed down to us by the creator of the universe. So he's pointing out that there's some good things in the religious teachings. In fact, many of them teach the same things. But that doesn't necessarily mean that there was a creator that necessarily handed down those lessons. Mm -hmm. They're just good lessons. I think they are. And we should take those those at face value. I think that uh, what religion is is an um, assignation of stories to a code of uh, moral conduct that's that's very good. Um, and, you know, probably appropriate for the time that it was created. And, you know, then they, they uh, put some uh, positive and negative reinforcement uh, involved in it. Imaginary positive and negative reinforcement. But, you know, that's, that's, that sounds like religion to me. Since you mentioned moral conduct, let's talk about a young lady. Okay. Young lady named Miss Nevada. Katie Reese <laughs> is a real name. According to the Associated Press, the former Miss Nevada USA, Nevada, I'm sorry, dethroned over raunchy uh, photos posted online that we were perusing uh, Mm -hmm. before the show. Doesn't look immoral to me. Apologized Saturday as her attorney pleaded for the pageant queen to be given a second chance. Katie Rees, who appeared in photos revealing a breast, exposing her thong underwear, and kissing other young women at a party in Tampa. Can you imagine? She said, no, I I can imagine that happening. But what I can't imagine is is this excuse. She said her behavior was, quote, an isolated incident. I'm so sorry this happened, she said at a news conference in Clearwater, reading a prepared statement. Quote, so many of us just don't realize how our actions, even one night of poor judgment, can affect the rest of our lives. Now, do you think that Katie is sorry that she did what she did when she was 17 or 19. I think Katie's sorry she got caught. Or Katie's sorry that it happened, that she happened to get caught. I think the latter. Yeah, well, you know, I, I live in fear every day of the uh, the, the multitude of uh, incriminating photos that are out there of me. Um, you know, when I get uh, famous enough, then they're all going to come out. I sent the photos to our board op before the show, and he just types in, I'm not sorry she did that. <laughs> I'm not sorry she did it either. <laughs> He's 17, after all. Uh, so th- we actually got the photos, and I'm going to post them on the bulletin board system at freetalklive.com so you can see exactly what this, uh, this girl did. But she was essentially at a party in Tampa and doing crazy things, you know, being photographed, mm-hmm. doing crazy things, and uh, apparently it came out. Because now there's this big hubbub over these Miss Teens and Teen USA or Miss USA, these pageants 
uh, because the other girl got caught. Miss, uh, Miss USA Tara Connor uh, apparently was allowed to keep her tiara after she tearfully admitted drinking as a minor in New York nightclubs. The Miss Universe organization also owns the Miss USA pageant and others. Mario Torres, the attorney for uh, young Katie Rees, has asked that the Miss Universe organization co-owner Donald Trump grant Rees the same opportunity that he gave Miss USA Tara Connor. Uh, so apparently one fall, one fallen angel, I guess, uh, occurs, and other evidence all of a sudden comes out, mm-hmm. because there's actually another lady, apparently, that's uh, kind of uh, getting in trouble here. Well, i got to say that I think that uh, Donald Trump is probably not in any way morally outraged at the behavior of these young women. Absolutely not. I think that he's benefiting greatly from his, uh, you know, perhaps there's a little tartiness in his, uh, his uh, you know, Pure and uh, pure as the driven snow, uh, Ms. Universe, Ms. Uh, America competition. Tartiness? Yeah, well, they, they might be a little tarty. I don't understand your well, suggestion. Th- they might be, you know, perhaps uh, some of these beautiful women, uh, you know, I don't know, put other beautiful women's breasts in their mouth and mm. um, cavort while uh, half drunken in uh, nightclubs. Good so heavens. you don't think that Donald Trump maybe approached, uh, I guess when this whole hubbub started with Tara Connor, the Miss USA... You don't think she came and begged to him and said, Oh, Mr. Trump, is there anything I can do to win my title back? Anything at all? Well, have some pictures taken with some other beautiful women doing mm, kind of questionable things. Well, I'm sure. I think he gets a few perks from being in charge of the organization. If you know what I mean, 800-259-9231. There's more about this on the way. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 1-800-259-9231. That is the number, and you can bring up anything. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231, the Packet 8 toll-free line. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features that you're going to find there. They are completely free, though we do ask that you voluntarily support the show by going over and voting for us. It's just a a once-a-month sort of a thing. Uh, so if you've yet to do it in the month of December, it makes a big difference when you go to vote.freetalklive.com. takes maybe less than a minute's time. All you need is an email address, and it will not be spammed. It will not be sold. So head over to vote.freetalklive.com. Great way to help find uh, help other new people find this program. Vote.freetalklive.com. And do you have a child in your life? Be they son, daughter, or sibling, give them financial literacy. A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich by Jewel Thornton. Teaches a child the basics of finance, money management, and real estate investment. School doesn't teach kids about money. Only their loved ones can do that. Give your special child a kid's journey to getting rich. Order it at akidsjourney.com or call 1-800-657-5066. That's akidsjourney.com or 800-657-5066. Talking about yet another Little Miss USA, Miss Nevada in this case, one of these misses who has been outed. For being a party girl. Can you imagine this, Mark? Kids these days out partying? Oh, my goodness. The uh, Kids wo- of all days have gone out and partied. Yes, they have. Uh, but apparently it's apparently the it's bad, I guess, is the idea. It's immoral behavior to... Uh, it's immoral to drink before you're 21. That's what the Miss USA was getting in trouble for, because she was caught in a club, or I guess in a number of clubs in New York City, while she was underage drinking. Is that immoral? Is it immoral to break a law, a bad law like that? No, it's certainly not. It's just a silly law, and it's broken every day by teenagers all uh, all across America. So 
it's just that there's this certain sort of moral standard, this invisible moral standard out there that's imposed somehow. I'm not even sure how it comes about, but everybody seems to think that they have to pretend like they abide by the same set of rules. Mm -hmm. And I think it's kind of silly. These girls are party girls. That's what they do. I don't go out and party. That's not my scene. It's not something I'm interested in. But I certainly know it's a reality for many teens and young people in America. It's just what they do. It's all they know. And so why are we punishing this girl for that? I, I mean, is it is it immoral to break the law? Is that what they're saying? I guess that's what they're saying. I guess so. Well, now this young lady, uh, I don't know if she broke the law. It's presumable that she was drinking at this party but in this case the moral violation was taking her clothes off at a club she uh was flashing she's caught in photos miss nevada caught in photos when she was 17 or 19 one or the other i think they're claiming she was 19 now because she's showing her breasts and it would be child porn if she was 17 i think mm. that's the idea but either way she was a young lady and she was revealing some uh some of her body parts in photos that were taken at a club and again, we'll put this up on our bulletin board system. But her her response, and here's her full statement. We read an excerpt from it a moment ago. But here's her full statement. Quote, over the past couple of days, I have seen and heard, she's by the way 22 now, I have seen and heard numerous reports, and I feel it's necessary to address the public with the facts. Simply put, these images were from an isolated incident during my teenage years prior to my consideration to compete from Miss Nevada. Yeah. What's isolated about it is that there were pictures taken. Yeah. While I take full... You, you, you know this girl was partying as often as she possibly could. You don't get into uh, these photos, these positions. There's a man licking her breast. There's uh, yeah, different he, people touching... If, if she's 17, he, needs, he has to go to jail. Girls kissing each other, uh, all kinds of uh, state of, of undress in these photos... You don't just stumble into a party. Not, not that I am a partier or know anything about this, Mark, but maybe you can back me up here. It doesn't seem that as a first-time partier, as somebody attending a club for a first time, you would just sort of bumble in there and take off your clothes the first time and pull your pants down and have another girl. I suppose uh, it could happen. Uh, come on. It's I, very, very unlikely. I, I, it, I'm, I don't this know what to say about This girl's going to parties it. every weekend doing crazy things. <laughs> I would say that that's probably true, um, that it's not, it would be unlikely that that would be the first time she's done that. It may be the first time she's done it there. Well, she's done it before, and here's the rest of her claim. This was from an isolated incident during my teenage years uh, prior to my consideration to compete for Miss Nevada. While I take full responsibility for the photographs, I want everyone to know the truth. This was no. Uh, this was by no means representative of who I was. Well, yeah, yeah, it is. You're a little hoe. <laughs> you were a little hoe, an easy slut. So what? And that's fine. That's who you were. Why don't? Why not embrace it? Or at least she say could that be, I'm she a different could be a person tease. now. Or at least say I'm a different person now. She says it's no way representative of who I was, who I am, or who I will become. Now the the last two parts of that triple part uh, portion statement. Are, are probably accurate. She probably is a different person today. I know that I was not the same when I was 17 as I was when I was 22. When I was 17, I was just getting my start in, uh, in radio as an intern and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, kind of a snotty little high school kid. And when I was 22, I, I was starting Free Talk Live. And many, many things had changed in my life over that uh, four or five year period of time. So there's a lot that, uh, that can change. So I agree. She may not be that same girl today. 
And what she will become? We don't know what she's going to become. So that's a fair statement. She says, I have no intentions to disgrace the state of Nevada, the Miss Universe organization, or Mr. Donald Trump. Nonetheless, I feel I've been unfairly treated, and I'm being judged without due process. I challenge those individuals to look back on their pasts and not find something they did to humiliate themselves or that they deeply regret, especially during their teenage years. Fair enough. I think she's absolutely right about it. About so what that. have you done that you deeply regret and uh, um, are embarrassed of in your teenage years? I don't know. I've forgotten it all. <laughs> I'm, very, I'm very embarrassed by this situation. Regardless, I'm so embarrassed I won't tell. Such a brief and distant lapse in judgment does not warrant my loss of the title that I worked so hard to achieve. I want to thank my family, true friends, and God. God's got to be thanked, of course. Who have already forgiven me. I can only hope that the public will be as kind. Well, I agree with her. People do change over time. I don't believe her that it's an isolated incident, and I think it's kind of silly for her to pretend as though that's what's going on here. Well, but here, Ian, um, it's sort of the difference between principle and reality. Um, if she stands up for the principle of saying, hey, look, you know, so what? What difference does it make? I worked very hard um, for what I got and, uh, as far as the Miss Nevada um, crown. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I acted as, you know, so so I partied a little bit in my teenage years. Big, fat, hairy deal. I did, did what it took to be Miss Nevada. And, you know, you, you can't take that away from me. Now, right. that's standing on principle. Um, the difference is that, you know, this show is supposed to spotlight... Flawless moral girls, which I think is ridiculous. Is that what the intention is? It is. It's and that is absolutely absurd. I think it is. I mean, you know, that's why they have the talent competition. Mm-hmm. You know, they have the uh, evening gown. It, you know, the idea is is that you're looking at the very best that Nevada they volunteer, has to offer. That sort and of thing. including that, yeah, in, in, included in that is sort of the, uh, uh, you know, her morals. A good role model. Yeah, she's, so to speak. Right, and um, I. You know, I don't think that it really is that anymore. I think it's just a beauty contest. That's what it's always been in reality. Uh, Torres, let's I think see. They tried harder at one point. The person who posted the pictures of Reese should quote should some way be held accountable, according to her attorney. Good heavens! And that that could involve legal uh, legal action. Of course, it is a friend of hers, and he was not identified. Torres says previously that. Uh, Torres had previously said that the photos of his client were taken when she was 17, but Saturday then said they were taken three years ago when she was 19. Quote, uh, let's see, she says she takes full responsibility. I thought there was something else in here about another woman. Reason Connor are not the only pageant queens whose behavior has been questioned lately. On Wednesday, Mothers Against Drunk Driving announced that it was severing ties with Miss Teen USA Katie Blair over news reports that the 18-year-old from Billings, Montana, had been spotted partying with Miss USA in New York clubs. So there's another one who's going to be hung out to dry here. Good heavens. Imagine this. These girls today, they're such trollops. Same well, stuff going on wait, all the time. Right. I mean, the, the girls 20 years ago and 50 years ago were were cer- certainly um, giving it up back then. It's just that there weren't digital cameras around. There, there were certainly parties going on then. Mm-hmm. It's just that there weren't digital cameras around in the Internet to propagate the images. Hello, America. The reality is MySpace. Go on sometime and take a look around at your teens today. If you want to sit there and believe that your kids are all goody-goody and they'll never go to a party and they'll never drink while they're under 21 or they'll never smoke marijuana and never have underage sex, then you are living in a fantasy world. I'd have to agree. Go to MySpace.com and see it in their own words. 
because that's what that website allows them to do. It allows them and to they cre- do it. It allows them to create their own little space on the internet where they can post their pictures from their crazy parties, and you'll see picture after picture of teens who are clearly under the age of 21 imbibing alcohol and doing other things. Cavorting. Cavorting. This is reality. And you either come to grips with it or continue living in your fantasy land. What's your choice? 800-259-9231. You take control of the airwaves toll-free. 1-800-259-9231. Coming up. A story from Stefan Molyneux about a cat in a box. Feel- Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. It's the Monday, Christmas Day edition of the show, and we're in the studio with you. Toll-free again, that's 800-259-9231, also known as the Packet 8 toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, so do enjoy those. They're on us, freetalklive.com. We go to the phones to the fun to start things out here in Hour 3 with Paula in Florida. Ladies first, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Paula. Hi, hon. I heard what you were talking about, the young lady from Nevada. And you know what's wrong with these children today? What? Is that I don't think that they were raised to where they're supposed to love themselves, care about themselves. Mm-hmm. And if you can't care about yourself, you can't care about anybody else. Well, it's clear yeah. that she was caring about others. Uh, she was flashing her breasts for them. Yeah, well, that's not what I'm talking about, you know. <laughs> I don't understand. What are you talking about? Well, She's I mean, bringing joy to the world in this holiday season, Paula. If you, if you can't love yourself and care about yourself, I mean, if, if you care about yourself that much, you're not going to do something to hurt yourself. I don't think she uh, she intended to hurt herself. She was just partying at age 17 or but 19. But she did hurt herself, and Paula's right about that. She hurt she herself. In... And I mean, her parents, I think this has a lot to do with the way she was raised. I know my husband was raised that way, not to care about himself. And it's ruined his whole life. And, I mean, um, anyway, there's some information. Is that why he married you? Oh, come on. Some of it's already come out in the American Free Press, and more of it's coming out. The gentleman that is getting information out um, told me about it, and... Um, He's already sent information to what, What's going on? Okay, back from World War II till now, we have got 30,000 of our veterans that are still in prison camps. In World War what? II? What? Yes, and they're in Russia. Do you know how China. old our veterans from uh, World War II are? <laughs> I'm serious, hon, and some of our vets... You're telling but me they're 90. 30, they hold on, slow not. down, slow down. I'll let you get to some more information here in a moment. I just want to make sure I'm understanding what you're saying. World War II veterans, 30,000 of them are still in camps? We have, from the World War II to all the other things we've been through, we have 30,000. Oh, every every war, from World War II through the present. from World War II on. So how many people from World War II are still in camps? I'm not really, he's got the information, he's faxing it to them, and, uh, but anyway, uh, there's a lot. That's and a lot of people. I've been told that they're dead. Now, some have died, you know, in the prison camps, but they're still, I mean, all together, right now, there's 30,000. And where does this uh, information come from? How is this being co- uh, corroborated? He has the information. Who is he? Now, and my just... husband also was involved in this. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Who has the information? Because you're making a pretty radical claims. He's, he's been faxing all weekend. He's getting this information to, uh, to the... Uh, right I'm people. sorry. Paula, I spoke over you when you gave the name. Who is it? It's a friend of my cousin, and he's he just moved here. And a he friend raised, of your I cousin. 
I met him, and he's getting information out to people right now. Mm. So, Paula, wouldn't this anyway, qualify as hearsay at this point, then? He's got it's absolutely... It's not hearsay, hon. It's well, actual actually, fact. it is, because it's Matter a friend fact, of your cousin who told you something, and now you're Diego, telling us. Uh, Car- uh, Garcia Island, off the... Uh, off of Spain, we have some of our soldiers from Vietnam that have what they call the black sift. They're in quarantine, and they, this stuff is so bad, it's unreal. And my husband had to take paper. They use paper closer because they have to burn them when they get through, you know. But anyway, yeah. my husband had to deliver some of these down near Cape Canaveral. What do they have to burn, the soldiers? <laughs> no, the, the clothes, that they, they use paper clothes for them, and they oh, have okay. to burn them, you know. So wait, your husband. Now, what's, d- the, what's the name of the island these guys are interned on? Um, Intern? uh, Diego Garcia. It's an island off Spain. Hmm. But anyway, the and your husband there. delivers the clothes to the uh, to the island people. No, he, uh, we have a place down near Cape Canaveral that's, okay. uh, that the government owns, and they're in a uh, quarantine. There's and prisoners on Cape. Now I lived um, just off of Cape Canaveral, and I'm wondering. Yeah, well, it's there. Which, uh, I, I, I'm just wondering now: Do people work at this particular prison that you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, but the, the guards aren't allowed to. I mean, if you if they even touch you, I mean, this stuff is so bad, it's unreal. And they said, "Wait, wait, wait, Paula. What he's asking is, there are people that work there, so they're asked yeah, to be they, kept quiet. You know, they're they're they've got it fixed to where you know they they have to be very careful." And well, I understand that they're careful. I'm just wondering. Um, I'm, I'm just wondering. Do these people go to work every day in a boat? Um, <laughs> do, do they? Do no, they, they, this land that Cape Canaveral has down that the government has. Wait, no, I'm, I'm confused, Paula. You have to understand. I, I I have to ask questions so I understand. I don't want to pretend like I'm getting what you're saying and what, not I actually get it. Get hold on, Paula. Sh- slow down. Hold on. Now. You're telling me that there's a camp where they're holding um, World War II uh, veterans near yeah, Cape in, Canaveral? They're, they're, they're in um, uh, Russia, they're in China, and there's 4,000 on this island. Uh, Wait, near the, Spain? Diego, Diego Garcia. But, well, What's yeah, near Cape 4, Canaveral? There, but total of all of them, including our Vietnam vets that are in quarantine, is 30,000. Right. Now, what's near Cape Canaveral? That's the part I missed. It's a place that the government owns. It's part of Cape Canaveral, and they they got them in quarantine. Wait, now, who is? How in many quarantine? are there there? My husband didn't say. Bill probably can give you more information, but I know that my husband took this stuff down to him, and the guards explained to him a long time. He was a veteran too, and um, he found out about it himself. Hold now, on now. Uh, hold wait, on. Wait, wait, before you, before you go any farther, now um, pretty much most of Cape Canaveral is a nature preserve. Yeah, um, that you yeah. Can they've sort of, got a place where they've got them in quarantine. I understand. Um, it's a big place, so they could easily have a secret location. But the public, but yeah, it's mostly yeah. open to the public. I mean, you yeah. know, you can yeah, at, at some no, point no, or another. No. Well, now, now hold on a second, Paula. You're telling me that what they have in quarantine are some of these veterans that have been brought yes. back from the de- detention camps. Yes, they've got the black Sith. The Sith. No, the government said there's no cure for it. Like it's Darth horrible. Vader Sith. Right. They have these open sores that just bust open and. Anyway, they said it's horrible. How did they get these guys out of the detainment camps? They ha- they're still in the camp. No, 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 no. Wait a minute. I thought you were saying there was 30,000 uh, former 30, soldiers. total that are prisoners and these guys that are in quarantine. There's 30,000 guys around the world, and total. there's some that are in quarantine in America? Yeah. How did they get them out of the prison camps from around the world? These guys, uh, now the ones that have the black sift, they were not... Prisoners. These are guys that came back that were very ill with this black Sith, and they put them in quarantine. So you're no. saying the U.S. government has been quarantining men with uh-huh. black Sith for yeah. 40 years? Yeah, that's Since awesome. Vietnam. That is quite a claim. And this was told to you by <laughs> well, your friends, I can get Bill governor. To get in touch with you, okay? Lawyer? Who? Huh? 
Who are you going to have call us? The gentleman that has the information. The man who is your niece's son or whatever? The American Free Press already. Right. Hey, Paula. Please, have him get a hold of us. You are on top of it. Paula, thank you very much. We appreciate it. I can get straight to you. Yes, the one you just dialed. And thank you for the call. We appreciate it. 800 259 9231. (laughs) Yes, Paula, my number is 911 7852. Now, um. Wow. No, that's not hearsay or anything. I'm stupefied. Okay, now you could very easily say that, um. You know, that, I don't know, World War Two, World War Two. <laughs> Come on, these guys are dead, I swear. Now, I, I'll, you know, maybe some the guys were held, held past their times, but, you know, keeping prisoners is expensive. Sure it is. Why would you want to keep a prisoner, um... Why would you quarantine these guys for decades? Why not just bump them off? I mean, if the if the black sieve is so dangerous, why not uh, you know put them in an oven or something? I, I would have to say that too. Is I I can't believe the uh, Cape Canaveral part of this. I, I'm I I know Cape Canaveral. I, I'm and I don't think I don't believe any, any part of it. There may can... be a few people in prisons around the world, but thirty thousand. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's just. Difficult. But her niece's friend said so, or uncle, or whoever he was. Doesn't he have credibility with you, listeners? It's fun. It's a lot of fun. 800-259-9231 is the packet 8 toll-free line to Matthew in, uh, actually, Matt in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, guys. How you doing? Hey, hey. Matt. What's up? Uh, on a little lighter note, uh, did you guys see the movie uh, Little Miss Sunshine? Uh, no. What's that all so. about? That's about this whole uh, industry of uh, the what do you, beauty camp. Yeah, beauty contest industry, mm. only with a little kid, with a real little girl, like maybe eight years old or nine years old, mm-hmm. and uh, what the family goes to to get her to this contest that she is uh, uh, taking part in. Is it a documentary? Oh, no. It's no, no. fiction. It's a comedy. Okay. It's a comedy. It's, it's, it's very funny, and... Um, I don't know. This might be given away, but I don't know whether you guys are going to see it or not. I don't really have a lot of time to watch movies, so if you don't want to have it given away, uh, tune out for a moment. But give it away, please. Okay, this this little girl uh, is taught a routine for the talent contest by her grandpa. They go through all rigmarole to get her to all these um, things are happening to them with their car and stuff, and they're struggling to get her to her contest. They finally get her there, and it turns out when she gets there that her talent is a stripper oh god oh my (laughs) goodness that does sound like an interesting movie thanks for the call matt moore's on the way it is your show it's free talk live this is free talk live it is the christmas day monday edition of free talk live and we're in the studio live it's ian here and And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com all the features on the site totally free including the live streams there's a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version both of them totally free for you at freetalklive.com And get registered now for the New Hampshire Liberty Forum, Attaining Economic and Personal Freedoms in America's Freest State. This three-day event, February 23rd through the 25th, will be held convention-style in historic Concord, with some of the program taking place in the State House. Register now at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. That is freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. As we go back to the phones, back to the fun, Bill in Florida, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, hi, how are you doing? Great, Bill. What's on your mind? Really good. We'd like to pass on to you that uh, there's a quarantine station that's located in the Indian Ocean. It's called Diego Garcia. Now, it's, <laughs> hold on. It's in the Indian Ocean? or it's in... Correct. It's, it's in the Indian Ocean. Oh, I thought it was off the coast of Spain, is what I was understanding. Well, actually, you know, the, the, actual, the location's the Indian Ocean. That's okay. the other coast of Spain. 
Yeah, okay. And and uh, the uh, Diego Garcia is well known throughout the U.S. military as a quarantine station. Uh-huh. There are thousands of Americans, uh, uh, soldiers and civilians, who are being denied access to this country. Now, how long does somebody get quarantined at the Diego Garcia uh, Resort? Well, as I understand, if they have a contagious disease that isn't curable, they're kept there indefinitely. Why not execute them? I mean, if this—I mean, really, if this is really going on, and I don't believe it for a moment, but if this is really going on, then why not cut the costs? and get rid of these people, because it's bad enough. I mean, if the news comes out, uh, and apparently it's breaking right now, but if the news comes out nationwide that the American uh, government has been holding its own men, its own soldiers in quarantine for decades, that's outrageous enough as it is. Why not just make it so you bump them off? I mean, it's really not going to make the story that much more outrageous, is it? Well, you know, there are a lot of uh, subjects that are considered to be like national security. You, know, and, uh, you, know, you can't talk about it because of... Uh, no controls, etc. Now, this is something that uh, there is a uh, there is a, a light at, at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason why we contacted your station, we were checking the. Uh, are you Paula's from, husband? What's that? Are, are you related to Paula? Uh, no, uh, she's a very lovely lady. I've talked to her several times, uh-huh. and uh, she is very much interested in, in the public welfare. Now, who are you, Bill? Compa- I mean, in relation to Paula, how do you know her? I met her through a, a mutual friend here in uh, Florida, mm-hmm. and uh, a concerned uh, American. And uh, do you guys live that, on a commune together or something, you and her? No, uh, she lives uh, here in, in Upper Florida, mm-hmm. in Jacksonville, and uh, I live uh, probably about ten, fifteen miles from her. I see. Now, you just happened to call in because you heard her on the air, or did she call you afterwards and say, "Bill, you got to call these guys"? Because uh, you know, I mean, we are clueless about Diego Garcia. I must say, yeah, right? I understand. Uh, yeah, actually, she called me, told me that you were on the air to give you a call, so I wanted to be sure and do that. And I thought I'd pass along about... Uh, the Where did you get this information from, Bill? Because it's pretty outrageous if it's true. Mm-hmm. I understand. A number of friends of mine who are in the military have told me that uh, quite often when uh, a soldier goes in for medical treatment, if they're diagnosed with an incurable disease, then suddenly they disappear. You know, they, they just, they're just picked up and uh, hmm. they come in and take all their belongings. And, and they, Did you up. ever have a disease at one time? Because your throat sounds a little funny. Well, <laughs> actually, <laughs> <laughs> we, we, had a, we had a major storm here, just a few <laughs> short while ago. <laughs> and we had a major rainstorm, so I've been out here running around trying to uh, uh, take care of both animals. I Does your throat from... sort of uh, get bloated during a rainstorm there in Florida? <laughs> Please. There's a tree. It's called the uh, it's pronounced G-I-C tree. The what? G-U-A-I-A-C. G-I-C tree. Okay. Okay. They they're very prolific throughout Florida and South. The what? Called what? It's, it's, it's called the G-I-C tree. G-I-A. What was it? It's, uh, it's spelled G-U-A-I-A-C. G-U-A. G-I-A-C. Okay. Right. Now, it's used for a variety of uh, different melodies. American Indians were fully aware of this tree. It was called the Tree of Life. And so the reason I mention this tree to you is that um, throughout the Indian dialects, uh, apparently um, American people who were considered to be like uh, ministers 150 years ago Mm -hmm. came across Indian tribes that uh, had diseases, some of the ones we uh, we can't figure out, we can't contain now. Yeah. 
they had specific ways of, of treating their Indian people. And one of them was the Guayac tree? Yes, that's correct. Now, and why is it that the U.S. military isn't giving these men the Guayac tree and, and helping them out? Well, let me send this fax this information to you so you can check it over there. Okay, I'll give you my fax number. Are you ready? Real good. Okay, 911-4527. Got it. Okay, thank you. All right, thanks for the call, Bill. 800-259-9231. <laughs> Come on. Come on, man. His voice broke when uh, when I made the throat comment. Uh, now, while I think Paula really <laughs> believes what she's saying, I think Bill was a fake call. You think so? Like, I think Paula truly is, she's not a faker. She's a re- she's the real deal. She is a conspiracy nut. <laughs> and she sits around all day and uh, mulls over her conspiracy theories and checks her fax machine for faxes from people. Apparently she gets them from her church. I'm looking at uh, Diego Garcia here, um, and apparently it's a real island, in the really in the Indian Ocean, but... Mm-hmm. You know, it seems to be a uh, popular tourist uh, destination. Ah, uh, that's just the front, Mark. Um, uh, the British wish you to enjoy um, an enjoyable stay on Diego Garcia. All videotapes brought to Diego Garcia will be retained by British Customs for screening. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's okay. because they don't want you sneaking into the secret facility. Yeah, you're not allowed to have uh, pornographic material. They must be Muslim there. I don't know. Very no, strange. no, it's because they don't want you sneaking into the secret withholding dis- uh, facility for the soldiers. Mm. And they have to screen your tapes to make sure you haven't gotten any secret images out of the country. Very strange. <laughs> Very strange. 800-259-9231. That's right. You can claim anything on Free Talk Live. <laughs> you can make- Just remember the fax number, 911-7852. <laughs> okay. Is that the same number you gave out before? I don't know. Uh, all right. So, Wow. With that in mind, uh, you had a, an emailer with a question, right, Mark? I do. I, well, let me find it. I'm, I'm looking at Diego Garcia here. I want to go for a visit. The Guiac tree or whatever it was is a real tree, by the mm-hmm. way. That, that's, that's true. That's the great thing about conspiracy that, well, that's theories. The, yeah, that is the funny thing about conspiracy theories is they'll take in facts and mix them together with absolute uh, just total fabrication. Well, they could have said St. Augustine grass for all I know, except right. that I could go out in my lawn in Florida and eat this stuff and find out whether <laughs> yeah. it, it uh, cures disease or not. <clears throat> so, anyway, here from Ryan. Uh, hello, good sir. I was wondering what method is used to get Free Talk Live on land-based radio in my area. Does it take money or people or both? Now I want to stop and answer the questions. There's a few different, yeah. uh, you know, sections to this email, sort of. And I want to, I just want to take it out, basically sen- sentence by, by it, sentence. It does me. take money and it does take people. I mean, and that's the best way to do it. The basic concept is, uh, without your help, I call radio stations all day long and ask them to add the show. Mm-hmm. Um, that's essentially my day job here for Free Talk Live. Now it helps when a radio station program director is. That's who I talk to, by the way, the program director. In some cases, the program director is also another title, like the general manager, that sort of thing. Yeah, he could vary. In smaller stations, generally, it's uh, people wear lots of hats. But uh, basically, if you have called your local station and have uh, asked them to air Free Talk Live, they already know what Free Talk Live is when I call to ask them to air the show. And so, yes, people calling their local talk stations can be very helpful towards getting Free Talk Live on the air. And to answer the money issue, money helps because it helps us do outreach and advertising to these radio stations, like the AMP program, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But we don't um, pay for airtime. Some radio shows do that, right. and we don't do that. We'll talk about that coming back. It's it's a little bit of radio shop talk, inside radio, how the syndication business works. Did you know that, uh, well, we'll actually tell you, there's one big host that actually charges for his show. It's Free Talk Live. 
Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That is the Packet 8 toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. And uh, you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free, so do uh, do enjoy those on us. That includes the bulletin board system. There are a lot of posts for you to surf around through, over 140,000 of them, in fact. Over 1,300 people interacting, and it is free. Serious issues, fun stuff, all being discussed. Uh, our listeners, there, bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. And is there a young person that's important to you? Well, give them financial literacy. A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich by Jewel Thornton shows kids how to grow up financially free, save early and often, and how to develop passive income streams. The key to financial freedom. The average college student graduates with $7,000 in credit card debt alone. That's no way to start a life. Buy them Kids Journey to Getting Rich at akidsjourney.com or call 1-800-657-5066. That's akidsjourney.com or 800-657-5066. We're talking a little bit about the radio business and how this whole radio syndication thing works. The reason why? Well, somebody asked. One yeah. of our listeners emailing in. Ryan did, as a matter of fact. He, and he wanted to know whether, um, you know, basically, how is it that Free Talk Live gets on a given radio station? We do it in the way that most syndicated radio shows do. But there's three specific ways that it, that it tends to happen in the business. And if you listen to the radio, you can identify two of them, but you can't identify the third. So we'll identify the third uh, way for you um, here in a moment. The first way is where a radio show pays the radio station to be on the air. Right. So and, you know, usually what that is is um, on some clean stations, your colon. Yeah, colon cleansers, uh, stock tips. Um, you know those kind of things. Now I'm not saying that uh, Jim Cramer's real money. I'm not saying that he's not Which a he's legit. He's no longer on anyway. He's not. Um, he's uh, that's the reason I didn't have any problem mentioning him. Um, I'm not saying that he wa- wasn't a legit show because he was. But there's a lot of stock shows out there that want you to buy their particular their um, newsletter. Yeah, whatever it is that right. they have, and those are generally sort of paid spots. There's a lot of uh, herbal um, health stuff. Remedies, yeah. Otherwise, they couldn't get on and explain why it is. They just need more than a minute to explain what it is that their, makes their product right. work. So they... So, you know. yeah, whenever you hear some uh, a show on the air that's an obvious infomercial where somebody's push, pitching a product uh, constantly throughout an entire hour, you can pretty much guess that they uh, that, that radio station was paid to run those uh, those shows. Now, stations don't really like to run them because they know that it turns people off. They know that those shows uh, bug some listeners, and it sort of makes their station look bad. But at the same time, stations do have to pay their bills. So Mm -hmm. a lot of times you'll hear them running at like 5 in the morning on a Saturday or something like that when they don't think as many people are listening. So there's the shows that pay to be on the air. Mm -hmm. Then there's shows like us that are called barter shows. Essentially, the deal is uh, a trade-out. So, for instance, the radio station where you live could pay a local guy to come in and do a local show and then, in that case, they would own all of the inventory, as they call it, the commercials. So when right. you hear the commercial breaks, there's a certain number of commercials, a certain amount of minutes of commercials that are there. If you're paying a local guy, you have the entire amount of commercials that you want to schedule in that particular hour to sell for yourself. When it comes to a show like Free Talk Live or many of the other radio shows that you hear on the air, all of the pretty much almost uh, many of the big names, I'm not going to name all of them because I may be wrong about some, but for the most part, it's this trade-out deal where they get to air the show, which means they don't have to pay for a local guy. 
which could cost a lot of money. Right. And so they save that money in that they don't have to pay for him, but they do have to give up some of their commercial inventory so we can run our commercials. That way our advertisers can get on all of those local And they stations. pay our bills. Exactly. So it's, it's kind of like a you scratch my back, I scratch yours thing. The station right. gets the, sh- the national show and those national talent hosts, and to, to give it up, they, uh, to give, them us, the, give us that airtime, they give up uh, a little bit of their inventory. But and they get the majority of it. Of the minutes of uh, commercials you hear on a radio station, it's local commercials for the most part and uh, less of our commercials. Like in our case, I think it's... Uh, it's like a nine and six split. Nine and six split, and then we split with the uh, the syndicator that we have. We split the remaining inventory in order that we keep some, and then they have some um, right. of their so, own to so pay everybody, their bills. Everybody pay, gets their bills paid with the barter system. That's right. the way most radio syndication works. Good then there are exceptions to both of those. There's the third way which is where radio stations pay for a program. Right. Very rare. Well, I can't say it's very rare. There's hundreds of stations that do it. Rush Limbaugh is the man who charges for his show. Mm-hmm. I don't know who else these days does. I know Stern used to. Dr. Laura. Dr. Laura charges? Did. She did. When I when I managed a station um, that carried Dr. Laura, she really? did charge. Yes. Wow, I didn't know that. Well, I know for a fact uh, Limbaugh does. Do you know of any others? Um, and the way they charge is by... Stern. Mar- the way they well Stern's gone. Stern's gone. He doesn't charge anymore. The um, the way they charge is by market size. So the bigger your market is, like if you live in uh, New York City, whew, you're going to be paying millions of dollars to Rush Limbaugh. If you live in Podunk, nowhere, then it'll be you know a hundred thousand. I would say that the morning shock jock guys would be more likely to do the um, paid scenario simply because they don't want to put together their um, you know an organization to sell their commercials. Maybe I'm just it's just a guess. I'm not sure about like it. like Stern. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I've never heard of it. Uh, well, I guess I have heard of it in some some smaller instances, but um, there could also be, I suppose, a mix of payment and and barter. But I don't. That's think That's what that's what Rush is a mix of payment. Oh, you do get to, well, okay. Yeah, that's right. You do well. He does the Tempur-Pedic ads, and he does or you know Select Comfort right. ads. Excuse me. Um, he does. Yeah, Bush, uh, Rush is a, a mix. Of, so you because he, he can afford to you know say hey I want some money and I want some um, commercial events. because if you've got Rush on your station like him or not he pulls ratings he does if you've got Rush on your station people will listen that's yep. just a fact and one day they're going to say that about Ian and Mark yeah but we won't be charging stations uh, well that's what you say uh, you aren't in charge my friend as much as you uh, were believing that you were earlier today on WNTK claiming you were part owner owner of the show I didn't claim that at all you said our um you know my show and I'm like it's our show. It's my show, and you're a part of the oh, show. Oh, whatever. You're on the program. All right. I, I am on on the program. I, I own the commercial avails, though. Did, did he have... <laughs> I live in Las Vegas, yeah. Nevada, and that's what I, I... Is that not our agreement? Sort of. Let's go Sort on. of. We don't need to reveal our agreement on the air. I live in Las Vegas, Nevada, and excluding the people moving here from California, a lot of us are so conservative, we're considered liberal, hence libertarian. I've... Turned at least a hundred people onto your podcast since um, the November election when I found wow, you. Wow, that's great! Yeah, and Thank we you. we all want to live. Um, we all w- want to want live interactive FTL. Most of us work stage production and work late, so we listen to radio shows during the day while running around and watching the kids. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of uh, Penn and Teller. Uh, Penn from Penn and Teller. Anyway, yeah. show me the path, and I will charge it. Um, Here's the path. You go to localfact.freetalklive.com, that's local, F-A-Q, or you can just go to local.freetalklive.com, and it'll take you to the subform on our bulletin board system that's devoted to helping you contact your local radio stations. 
So what you do is you go there, you select, there's 50 different subforms. There's one for every state in the United States. Right. You select the one that's appropriate to you. You may already see a message thread there that has to do with your area. If you don't, then create a new one. I'll spot that. I'll come in there and put a post, the phone numbers and the contact information for all your local radio stations. It doesn't take long for you to respond either. You pretty much get let know by email whenever anybody... Um... For the most part. It might take me a couple days, but I'll get, oh, really? in, I'll get in there and I'll post the local stations. And then you just give them a call. It's really, it's actually really easy. And in fact, in uh, in a number of markets, I've already called the program directors there, and a number of them have listened to the show, and they like it. It's just a matter of getting it to happen. It's just a matter of uh, helping them understand that there are people out there who really want to listen to this kind of program, and that's one of the that's where you come in. So does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfectly good sense. I mean, okay. we have a system set up um, to help people to call um, the influential people. We tell them we do some of the work for them. We tell you who the influential um, people are, or at least give you their titles and, yeah. and their telephone numbers as best we can. We try to give you you know, all the information we can on the station so that you can call and get your friends to call and, and ask for free talk live. And the cool thing is it doesn't uh, – I, I don't know. Some people are uncomfortable about making outgoing calls like this. The thing you have to remember is that these guys really appreciate hearing from you. Yeah, they, they do want to know. Uh, they they hate it when they hear from people that, I heard someone say GD on the radio this morning. You know, that's the kind of phone call they get from a listener. It's usually angry. It's something they did wrong or something that they don't like about the station. You're not doing that. You're saying that I really want to hear something new, something fresh on your station. I am a listener, or I would be a listener if you would just air free talk live. Right. Yeah. I I would have to say that you get a lot of complaint calls when you're on a radio station. I remember I had, uh, you know, some gal came into uh, the easy listening station that both of I, you know, we worked at the uh, mm-hmm. the offices of, and and she was complaining about that the signal strength wasn't good enough. It was she wasn't getting it that day. Yeah. I said, I'm sorry. The only one that can help you is the FCC and God. 800-259-9231 is the Packet 8 toll-free line for you. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free even in these remaining moments. Coming up, Statist Dating. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain in this, the Monday, Christmas Day edition of the program. Still enough time for your call if you make it right now. 800-259-9231 is the Packet 8 toll-free line. That's one 800 259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features there because they're totally free. Those other radio talk show hosts want to charge you for access to their websites. We give it away. Freetalklive.com. Though we do ask that you voluntarily support the show by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier, as over 300 of our listeners have done uh, at amp.freetalklive.com. We were talking about an email that came in about how they could help get the show on more stations. Well, besides calling, picking up the phone and calling your local program director, which is very effective, giving uh, $3 a month to AMP is also very effective because we take that money in and we turn it around into advertising, promoting, and marketing Free Talk Live to purchase radio industry advertisements like in Talkers Magazine, for instance. We've got a half-page ad in there. That's the same size ad as all the big boys, as a lot of the big boys. Some of them have full pagers. We can't quite afford that yet. Yep. Um, Today's not the day for full pagers. But nonetheless, um, essentially, your AMP dollars are allowing us to appear as though we are one of the big boys. And we might as well be if we've got half-page ads. That's all because of AMP. And there's other things that we're doing with the AMP dollars. You can get details on how they're being spent at amp.freetalklive.com. You also get perks. You get access to the classic archives, of which one I just posted over the weekend for our amplifiers, because every $25 we get in, we post another classic for them to download. Um, You also get access to the amplifier-only call-in lines and more. So head over to amp.freetalklive.com to learn more about that. 
as we go to Stéphane Molyneux and uh, his fresh article, which he actually sent to me personally. So he must have really thought that it was good for Free Talk Live, I guess. I guess. Uh, the title is Statist Dating. So Statist this, Dating? Yeah. Like, status dating. Okay. So this afternoon, when my son comes home from school, he's carrying a cat cage. He throws his books on the kitchen table, flashes me a spa, and flashes me a smile, heading to the fridge. Hey, son, I ask, where'd you get that cat? Mm-hmm. Oh, he says, opening the fridge door, it's my dates. Your dates? He takes a swig of milk. Yeah, for the prom tomorrow. Okay, well, why do you have her cat? Uh, well, f- for insurance. Well, insurance? Wh- what do you mean, exactly? Well, I'm not sure that she's going to show. What happened? What what did she say when you asked her? He rolled his eyes. Oh, she's all, it's so totally inappropriate. She wasn't into it at all. What? I, sh- I shook his date. Wasn't interested in being a date. Okay. I shook my head slightly, trying to make sense of my son. So, you took her cat because she said no? No, Dad. What, what do you think, I'm crazy? Uh, no, but you do have her cat. Well, sure. She said she didn't want to go to the prom with me, and I told her that she did, but she just didn't know it yet, and that going to the prom with me was the right thing to do, so I would have to make her do it if she didn't want to. What? What kind of... Where on earth did you learn that was a good idea? From my political science class. Your political... What? How on earth does that make sense? I took a a deep breath. Okay, step me through it. He smiles. Sure. So my political science teacher tells us that we choose the government, and then the government gets to tell us what to do, right? Yeah, that's the theory, I guess. So I asked her, hey, what if we don't like what the government tells us to do? And she says, well, we have to obey the government anyway, but we can protest or vote for someone else in a few years or whatever. And then I said, well, what if the government orders us to do something that we really disagree with? Can we say no? She says, not really. You have to obey the government. Why, I asked. She says, well, because you've chosen the government. But if we have chosen the government, why would it need to force us to do things? It's like if I go to the store and buy an iPod and say to the guy, I really want this iPod, here's my money, and he pulls out a gun and says, you totally have to buy this iPod or I'm going to shoot you. He shakes his head. What kind of sense would that make? If I want to buy the iPod, no one has to force me to buy it. If I don't want to buy the iPod, isn't it kind of wrong to force me to buy it? Am I wrong, Dad? I sigh. Sometimes I wish my son didn't have to learn these lessons. No, son, you're not wrong. He smiles. So then I said that governments then must be always forcing people to do what they don't want to do, or I guess stop them from doing what they do want to do. And of course we can come up with example after example. I guess that's true. Of this being the case. I mean, the cigarette tax earlier is attempting to uh, coerce people into not uh, into not smoking cigarettes. They're or trying at to least paying society. more for it. And she says that people want to do wrong things, but that government makes them do the right things. So I asked her how people who want to do the wrong things can possibly vote for people that will force them to do the right things. <laughs> I mean, I know if you know enough to say to someone... Force me to be good, and here's my list of good things. Then surely you're good enough already and don't need to be forced. And only bad people would want that job anyway. He shakes his head. 
Then she gets really angry and says that people have to be forced to do the right thing, that there are a lot of bad people in the world and we need governments to protect us, so we have to obey, because the government is trying to help us, and basically, it knows best. So I say, and we've heard people make those claims, so I say, then it's okay to force people to do stuff even if they don't want to? She says, yes, as long as you have their best interests at heart. I started to ask her how you could possibly know that, but she cut me off and said we had to move on, and that all the other kids were bored, which I don't think was the case, because they were all pretty wide-eyed by then. I nod slowly. So, the cat? My son hops up on a stool. Right, right. So I want a date for the prom, and I asked someone in my poli-science class, but she's all, no, that's so inappropriate. But I really want her to come, because I have the best. I have her best interest at heart. So I tell her that she has to come to the prom with me because there are a lot of bad dates out there and it's my duty to protect her. She says that she doesn't need protection. I say, sorry, that's not really an option. And I say, uh, then she tells me to get lost. I say, well, if you don't want to obey me, there will be consequences. She gets really mad and tells me to stop threatening her. I say, whoa, I'm not threatening you. I'm just governing you. And if she doesn't obey me, I'll be forced to take her cat. She calls Mm -hmm. me a little creep and storms off. So, that's her cat. Yeah, it's easy to find out where people live. And it was an outdoor cat, so I didn't have to break in or anything. I sigh. So when can I expect a call from the girl's parents? He blinks in confusion. Parents? Why would her parents call? She's like, ancient. Ancient? You're in grade nine. Sure. So, how old is this girl? He pokes his finger into the cat cage. Hi there. He glances at me. Oh, she's not a girl, Dad. She's a woman. What? Oh, it's the teacher. The phone rings. Numbly, I pick it up. Before I can say anything, a shrieking female voice (laughs) hits my ear like an ice pick. This is Mrs. Statton, your son's political science teacher. What on earth is going on, and where the hell is my cat? (laughs) That's a really, really great story. What a great analogy. I mean, the political people say that government is necessary so people can do good things, and he essentially turned it right on its head <laughs> and uh, and used it against her. I don't think it's a true story, but nonetheless... I don't think so either, but it's... Creative. It's funny. I, I, I can't say that I think that government should be done away with for these very reasons, but I think that's a great story. And I think that uh, you know people of, of your philosophy, the uh, free marketeer philosophy... Um, they have, they they certainly have the the moral high ground, <laughs> if they, even if they're not right. That's for sure. If if it's okay for some people to force others to do things, then it must be okay for everyone to. That's the logic of government, at least. And oh yeah, none of us did sign an agreement agreeing to government. It just sort of existed and coerced us into its system. I think it's gotten better over time with uh, the you know now with the sort of democratic voting system. More people can choose who their leader is rather than just being born under a king who happens to but be that's the leader. But that's not the case because we've heard the argument of the opposite. We heard the argument before that kings were better than what we have today. I've heard the argument, I, but I think And it was pretty persuasive. It was a, it was a persuasive argument. Force is never better. It's but always, somebody can make a, um, a persuasive argument for you know, a democratic election, it's too. It's always force, and but there's no better version of it. Let's I go like to the about, phones. we got a call. Okay. we got to go to John in Winnipeg. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Guys. Hey, John, what's on your mind? Well, you know, I'm watching the TV, and it's, it's the, the uh, corporate news America is telling me how desperate you guys are for an effective exit strategy to save the lives of your own children. And I'm going, you know, there's no problem here. It's uh, effectively communicating 
uh, the protections of all uh, of all people concerned. If you've got a concern for Iraqi citizenry, like if you're fighting to protect their freedoms, you got to return all the stolen loot. We got to track down every last stolen dollar, and uh, no matter where it leads, you know. And we had 60 Minutes tell us, you know, they're Bramer's buddies at the CPA that have lost the billions and billions of dollars. Well, if if soldiers are dying to defend Iraqi citizenry, you want to go after those guys. Sixty Minutes told us they, in two cases they've bought themselves private villas with the stolen loot they've taken from uh, poor American dying uh, comrades. Who, wait, who, wait, wait, uh, I'm confused. Yeah, I am who confused. bought the private villas? Uh, a couple of guys who are working with the CPA under Bramer. What is the you know, CPA? Who's Bramer? Be, uh, they're supposed to be uh, doing contracts with uh, with American tax dollars or stolen Iraqi dollars, and they just essentially misplaced the money somewhere. I guess it's not a surprise that there's a lot of graft and a lot of uh, malfeasance going on in Iraq. We're out of time, though, John. If you want to explain it a little more, call tomorrow night. We appreciate it. It's been Ian here with you. And Mark. See you tomorrow. Online in the meantime, freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.